Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of the Barbell Voodoo Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Facing. This podcast is brought to you by Paleo Works. It's a locally owned meal prep kitchen with a passion for paleo. They make it easy for people to have the nutrition they need when they need it. They deliver weekly menus of heat and eat paleo meals, athlete recovery meals, and bulk macro items for those of you counting macros, as well as a variety of side items that can be added to your order. Their meals feature 100% grass-fed, all-natural and hormone-free chicken, beef, and pork. They have pickup locations all over the place to make it easy for you to pick up your meals, and they also have delivery options around Nashville area for a small fee. Paleo Works wants to make nutrition the easiest part of your day. This podcast is brought to you by NutriShop Franklin. At NutriShop Franklin, in January, they're starting a 12-week body transformation challenge. You can sign up via Fit Manager, or you can stop in either the Franklin store or the Gulch store and participate in one of theirs. Each one of them has a separate uh, body transformation challenge. The initial weigh-in for that is January 6th through 11th of 2020. Check-ins happen every two weeks, and the final check-in is the week of March 30th through April 4th. Now, here's the big one, big $1,000 for the overall winner and prizes for first, second, and third in each division. It's going to be an awesome challenge. They have everything you need. Just stop, stop by either NutriShop Franklin or NutriShop Gulch, and they will get you started, and uh, it's going to be an awesome transformation. Can't wait to see the results. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Barbell Voodoo podcast. Go check out the uh, website at barbell-voodoo.com for all your awesome apparel needs. And also check out Barbell Voodoo Private Label. We just want to be a part of anything you're doing and anything you need printed. That's the place to have it done. In the meantime, enjoy the podcast. All right, welcome to another episode of the Barbell Voodoo Podcast. This is episode 92. We're sitting down with the one and only, back from the grave, Chris Farley. And um, he is, you know, from Charleston, South Carolina, but but a man who is the average-ish athlete, apparently. Um, the world's okay athlete. Oh, yeah, that too. I mean, And he makes his own luck. So if you catch him, there may be a pot of gold there, is all I'm saying. Um, but welcome to the show. Uh, thank you so much for having me on here, man. I'm really, uh, you know, huge fan of, you know, barbell voodoo stuff, man. Uh, for a while, when I first kind of found out about it, um, I don't know who you guys have as your artist, but he paints in beautiful pastels and <laughs> he, he takes what's in my soul, man. And like golden girls and throws it right on, uh, <laughs> right on t-shirts, man. And I love it. I mean, oh, that's too hilarious. You know, and honestly, let's be let's be serious. How often are you going to be able to wear a T-shirt with yourself on it doing a moderately heavy overhead squat? It's right? so funny. In a, yeah. in a you know, in a two-piece, three-piece suit. I, saw, know, I saw your picture wearing uh, your shirt. Oh, and just just to be clear, this is not the Chris Farley that that is dead. I was just joking about that, but uh, otherwise, people may be freaked out for the next little bit. You know, talking yeah, a little about, bit using the uh, Ouija board or whatever. Um, but yeah, the, the, there, I saw a picture on your Instagram of you wearing that shirt and it made me very happy. 
Well, you know, as soon as I uh, was running through you guys' stories and uh, I saw it and I uh, literally just, I lost my mind and I was like, like, uh, like Black Friday feels. I was like, I need to know when this shirt drops. Uh, so <laughs> got it. And then I posted my order, you know, and then you guys were like, this can't be real life. Chris Farley did not just place an order. And I yeah. was like, yeah, buddy, it's me. <laughs> so I got it and uh, didn't even wash it. I threw it on and went to a, a local competition uh, here in Charleston. And um, like, you know, I have a lot of friends there and like all these people were walking around. They're like, you know what, dude, that is the best shirt I've ever seen in my life. Where did you get it? And then a, uh, this random girl came up to me and she was like, Hey, isn't your name? How did you get what? You know, pretty, pretty much. And I was like, yes, yes. And yes. Yes, yes, and yes. She was like, she was like, you know what? I think I love you right now. I think. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yes, yeah, so anyway, it's, it's always a it's a smash hit every time I wear it, you know. And I mean, you know, I'm, I'm very unique with the name, and you can't really not have a sense of humor about it and, and have the same name. So, you know, I'm yeah. blessed, I'm a jerk, and I've got a good sense of humor. So I'm also <laughs> like soaking wet about a buck fifty five. So there's also some uh, some contrast in that too. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. Well, I'm, I'm glad you like uh, the things that, that Barbell Voodoo puts out, man. I, I've, I've been a fan for a long time and then, uh, you know, started doing a podcast. So, um, you never know what happens when you like somebody too much is all I'm saying. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> um, well, Chris, tell us about yourself. Like, uh, you, you live in, in Charleston. Um, but what, uh, what makes you, you, who, who are you? So, you know, I'm just an, I'm an average dude with a famous name, basically. Um, I'm a father, you know, I'm a husband. I've got a, uh, I've got a little girl who's eight and a half mm-hmm. and, uh, I've got a very loving and understanding wife, uh, very tolerant wife, uh, to my, uh, my shenanigans basically. Yeah. Uh, she kind of leads me to my own devices, um, to a degree. I think she kind of, she learned a while back that, you know, Chris is kind of going to do what, you know, Chris is going to do and, you know, despite, you know, my heavy protests, you know, it's not like he's out selling cocaine or anything. So, you know, if it's going to make him a better person, a better father, better husband, like, why would I stand in his way? Mm. So uh, a few years ago, I've been in. So my background is a little bit in CrossFit. Um, I started CrossFit about three years ago, give or take. Um, I was very fortunate enough. Um, and as you know, so your, your CrossFit boxes. Uh, they tend to become your family if you find the right box, mm-hmm. right? And I was very fortunate to find one right around the corner from my house called uh, uh, Starboard CrossFit and uh, hit it off with the owner the first day I met it. I uh, met him. His name is uh, Ronnie Rackley. Him and his wife own the gym. And uh, instantly, bros, um, same sense of humor, that kind of thing. And uh, my gym is the 5 a.m. class, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, you know, and I've got to, I have kind of a whole philosophy on 5 a.m. I'll tell you, but basically, um, started at 5 a.m. Um, I started to go to before CrossFit. I went to uh, Planet Fitness, you know, because I decided, you know, one day my mother passed away at a, a early age, about 57, kind of unexpectedly. Um, hmm. She doesn't. She wasn't uh, like the healthiest person. You know, she smoked, um, kind of socially drank. You know, nothing crazy, but just overall, she didn't really exercise. 
we blow it kind of to our family because it was very sudden. And uh, I just kind of woke up one day, man, and was like, you know what? Like, that's not going to be me, mm. you know? And, and no slight to her lifestyle or anything like that. But, you know, I don't smoke. Uh, you know, I drink a little bit occasionally, you know, have a drink maybe socially if we're out or something. But it's never really been something that I've, you know, abused by any stretch, I guess, since my 20s. You know, cause you know, we all kind of were in that, but, um, so one day I woke up and I was just like, you know what, man, like, I think it's time for you to get your shit together. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got a child, you've got a family, like, you know, your mom passed away at a very early age, young. So I signed up for Planet Fitness and like a lot of people, man, I, I went and like, you know, one day is, uh, upper body, one day is kind of lower body and, you know, dumbbells and that kind of things, chest, legs. Eyes, tries, you know. Oh, yeah. Eyes and tries. Yeah, man, you know. So, you know, I went and kind of same thing. I wanted a place that was going to be open super early in the morning because I wanted to get it done and get out of the way before I went to work. And uh, that worked for like a year. And, um, you know, I got stronger. You know, I lost weight, um, but I wasn't fit. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, you guys know, like, there's a difference between being strong and being fit. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. So a good friend of mine who also happened to be my chiropractor at the time, she was an L1 coach and uh, still is. And for the longest time, she was like, you need to come to one of my classes. You need to come. You need to come. You need to come. So I finally, just to kind of quiet her up a little bit, I showed up one day to an eight o'clock class in the morning on my day off and uh, did the class, like almost killed me. And um, she says, what do you think? And I said, this is for me. This mm-hmm. is what I want. Like, this is honestly what I've been looking for. And, you know, looking back, I wish I found CrossFit, man, like 10 years ago. Right. Yeah. You know I and mean? I really did because for, you know, for so many reasons and, you know, a lot of your listeners, you know, they're into CrossFit, they're, you know, they're lifters, whatnot, but they kind of get a lot of the aspects of it. So I enjoy the organization of it, meaning I show up, the wad is on the board, I do my work and then I leave. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I like to be told what to do to a degree. You know what I mean? So I don't want to keep thinking about – and I'm not getting bored with the exercises, which is something that you tend to to run into when you're just kind of going to a, like a regular gym. Yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and for me, it was like the level of intensity is completely different. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, oh, yeah, I was sweating at Planet Fitness. Yeah. But I wasn't like sweating. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't working. You know what I mean? Like that's – you know, that horrible sweat that you're just like, oh, I'm about to have a stroke sweat, yeah. but like in a good way, you know right, what I mean? Right. You know, so, um, I instantly I was hooked and, um, she was like, okay, well maybe you should ease into this like three days a week and then just do like your, your planet fitness stuff two days a week. And I was like, no, I jumped <laughs> both feet into it. I was like, I'm, I'm doing five days a week. And, uh, she was like, uh, okay, well we have like a 5.00 AM class. It's led by this guy named Brad Townsend, um, who's a phenomenal athlete, um, went to regionals a few years back, um, mm-hmm. super smart CrossFit dude. Look him up. Um, uh, just very smart strength guy, absolute, you know, monster, like everything is this dude's wheelhouse. So, you know, you'll, you'll think you guys will find your power lifters will probably love this story. So when I was at Planet Fitness, now again, you know, I'm six foot. Uh, at my heaviest, I was 190, right? But that's mm-hmm. like unhealthy cinnamon rolls every day, Mountain Dews, like all that stuff, right? Yeah. So I started CrossFit. I was, you know, obviously still six foot. Osteoporosis, like, hasn't <laughs> taken its hold on, on me yet, right? Mm-hmm. Starting mm-hmm. to shrink my bones. Um, 
that's about a buck, about a buck 65, right? Well, as a lot of guys know, right. The Holy grail of like weightlifting is being able to bench two plates, right? Two twenty five, right. That's like, you've made it right. Well, okay. So, so the illusion of, uh, going to planet fitness and doing that on a Smith machine is, is all of that. Right. Mm-hmm. So the first time I did it, I called the boys, you know, like, you're not going to lift me up on high. I'm your, I'm your new God. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. So you'll address me as such, right. Ronnie Coleman Jr. Hmm. So I showed up to Brad's class first day, 5 a.m. And there's a bunch of dudes there. Right. And Brad kind of did his own programming. Right. Lifting heavy, getting strong. And I'm with it. Right. So he's like, hey, man, so today we're going to do some bench. And I'm like, oh, you may not know this about me, but I'm a pretty strong dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah right? you, should, you should see right? my highlight reel. Bro, you. <laughs> so he puts me under the bench and he's like, um, all right, cool. Like, what do you want to warm up at? And I'm like, I don't know, man, but like 155 on there, like no big deal, buddy. That 155 almost fell on my larynx. <laughs> right. And everything I had in my body to, to, to wrap it and get it back on the, you know, on the rack. I took everything, right. My soul, yeah. eight firstborns, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I realized that everything I had known up until that point was built on lies. <laughs> it's all been a lie. <laughs> Listen, man, my whole fitness career at that point was built on a throne of lies. Yeah. Yeah. I bet you smelled right. beef and cheese. Dude. Oh my God. So I instantly like my soul is crushed. My ego is non-existent. And I was like, okay, like there's nowhere to go here, you know, but from up. So I look at him in the eyes and I go, that's not supposed to be like this. And he just laughed and he goes, Smith machine will lie to you, man. <laughs> I, that Smith machine told me I was handsome. And I just looked in the mirror, buddy, and I'm ugly as homemade sin. <laughs> right. <laughs> so oh like, that's, so that was like my start. So unfortunately it was just by sheer coincidence, man, that gym closed like two weeks later. And that's where I found my way to starboard. And um, so five days a week, man, do my thing, 5 a.m. And uh, I got, you know, uh, amazingly, like, I got better, right? Yeah. It's a huge shock when you just show up what happens. Oh, yeah. You know, you show up and you put in the work. And um, I've never been, like, a big – at least I don't think. I've never been, like, a big ego guy, right? I'm very trainable. Like, I'm coachable. I take cues. You know, I'm good at listening because, let's be honest, man, like – I'm not really all that great, you know? So if I, if I can at work or, you know, or anything else, if I can, if there's a way I can do something better. Like, let me know, you know, if it's going to make me more money at work, Hey, let me know, man. I'm down with, it. I'm always, I'm all ears kind of yeah. all the time. So, you know, I took to it and, uh, I had been doing, you know, CrossFit in five days a week, 5 AM. Like I'm the prince of 5 AM. And honestly, I think, I think Ronnie probably kept that class open because, uh, for a long time, it was just, Sometimes it would be just me or just me and uh, and uh, one of my close friends, a girl named Haley, would just show up. And it's just like me and Haley, man, for like sometimes months on end. Just yeah, only two yeah. people you know, in that class. It's cold. The bars in the wintertime, that bar is cold. It stings your hands, you know. Mm-hmm. Just kind of oh, yeah. chilling up, doing our work every day, man. And, uh, and I liked it. I, and surprisingly, I got more fit, you know. I got stronger. I got, uh, I got more confident in like the movements and the lifts and – you know, and all that stuff. And, uh, yeah, I mean, like just, I, I'm hooked. So as you know, the community 
uh, that surrounds CrossFit is I drink the Kool-Aid, man. I, I really do, you know, and anybody who's been a part of a, of a great, of a great gym. I mean, they, they know, yeah. you know, surrounded by people who are, man, they're on that struggle bus with you, you know, like day in, day out, you know, you see them working you know, towards whatever goal they have. They see you working and it's amazing, man, when you see somebody hit a, a PR or their first muscle up or, you know, I get just as hyped for them as oh, if yeah. I'm the, they're doing it. I mean, so, you know, you know that, I mean, you've been, you know, you've been in CrossFit for a while and, you know, it's, it's amazing. I've never really experienced that type of positivity on a, on a big scale like that mm-hmm. until I started doing it, you know? So, you know, people are like, oh, you know, CrossFit's a cult. And I'm like, yeah, it is. <laughs> absolutely. You know, it absolutely is. You know, it's a cult of like positive people putting in hard work and, uh, and getting results, you know, and the better you feel. So then you start to look, it's kind of the micro picture. You're like, okay, well, man, maybe I should eat a little bit better because, you know, it's affecting my workouts. You know, maybe I shouldn't eat so much trash. So it goes into your nutrition. And then you're like, now all of a sudden, like you're not eating for fun. You're eating for fuel. And then your life changes in a, in a whole nother direction, you know? Yeah. And uh, don't get me wrong. You know, little Debbie and I, like, we're super tight. I mean, that's my side <laughs> piece to the end. Right, you right. Know? But, like, I can't see her as often, right? Because I, I work out like trash, If you know, mm-hmm. if I eat like trash. And, uh, I mean, it really does, man. Nutrition is is huge. And the more I CrossFitted, the more I decided, like, hey, stop grabbing Coca-Colas, you know, five a day. Drink more yeah. water. You know what I mean? Like, look at the labels on the food that you're eating. And then – um you know, guess what? I started to perform better. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? No 30 day detox, no like waist trainers. That's the secret, man. Like, you know, I tell people all the time, like, Oh, how do you do it? And I'm like, it's no secret. Like don't eat trash, show yeah, up, do just, the work. That's hard it. Work, Do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Man. It's, it's hard work, you know? And and most yep. people like it, you know, most people who get into that, like who are looking from the outside and just being like overwhelmed by all of the things that you're doing, you know, working out five days a week, eating right, making sure your meals are, are good, you know, instead of just eating garbage or whatever is available. And people look at that and they're like, that is so overwhelming. How in the world do you do that? They, they, don't, they haven't seen that it started here. And then you took a couple more steps later on. And then later on, you took a couple more steps to kind of develop where you are today, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, and you, it's, it's tough to, you know, kind of explain to people because I know you've seen online, you know, that there's that, uh, that inspirational iceberg, I guess is what I call it. And like, there's so much of the iceberg that's below the surface and it's like what people don't see. And it's like frustration, um, you know, losing sleep, you know, hard work, early mornings, failure, all that stuff. And then it's like what they do see is just that tiny piece of the iceberg above. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and like, that's the, you know, that's Instagram as an example. And I mean, like, you know, you don't, you know, I try at least, you know, when I post stuff, I try to kind of be as transparent as I can about like, this is what I'm struggling with. Right. You know, these are some of the things that I'm dealing with. Um, you know, so they see kind of what's underneath the surface of, of the iceberg. Mm-hmm. You know, because you know, yeah, it's glamorous. You know what I mean? And it's, it's, it's cool to see like the cool part. You know what I mean? Like everyone wants to see LeBron James, like, you know, putting up 60 points, but like nobody wants to see LeBron squatting. 
you know, right. Like he wants to see him, you know, throwing, you know, doing rope work or, you know, whatever those early mornings where you see JJ Watt, you know, when nobody else is on the field, you know, he's out there putting in the work, like, man, that's not sexy. Like, nobody mm-hmm. wants to see that. but that's what it takes. I mean, that's what it is. It's cliche, but like, you gotta, you know, you gotta get up and do it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So it kind of, for me, my philosophy and, you know, kind of the early morning stuff, you know, people are like, ah, no, I'm not a morning person. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? You're like kind of letting the, the tail wag the dog a little bit. Like nobody's a morning person, right? Everybody wants to sleep. So you got to yeah. make yourself a morning person, you know? So kind of my take on like 5 a.m. stuff. So I'm up quarter after four, all right, every morning and uh, splashing water on my face. Um, I've already got my clothes laid out, my workout stuff, you know, from the night before. Mm-hmm. You know, I go in the bathroom, shut the door, get dressed, splash water on my face, brush my teeth, and then head out the door. So if you look at it like this, so life is, life is kind of everything, right? So life is like traffic, right? Life is your spouse or partner. Life is like Starbucks messing up your order. You know what I mean? Life is caring and accounting. You know, life is all of these things, right? Mm-hmm. So say, for example, you wake up at six in the morning. Right. And you get to work at eight, right? And you work eight to five and then you commute to go to the gym. You're at the gym at six. Okay. We'll just use those numbers, you know, pretty easily. Mm -hmm. That's 12 hours. Right. So when you go to save money, right? So you get paid, you always pay yourself first, right? When you can. So like when you can save money and like think, you know, because obviously things happen, Mm -hmm. you try to pay yourself first, whether it's 20 bucks or five bucks or $200, right? You pay yourself first when you can. Okay. So life, right. Wants to put its hand in your pocket, right? Life wants to get paid first. Mm -hmm. Right. Now in this case, life now has a 12 hour head start on its hand in your pocket. Right. Mm -hmm. It's everything. Like I said, man, Starbucks messing up your order, right. Uh, Calling you Craig and not Chris in that (laughs) message, you know, Um, it's all these things. So my thing is, if I'm up at 4.15, right, and I'm working out from 5 to – now I used to work out 5 to 6. I'm like 5 to 6.30 now because my schedule work changed a little bit. So I've got a little more time in the mornings. But generally from 5 to 6, I work out. I'm up before life gets up. Mm-hmm. I've collected my money first. I've paid myself first, right, when it comes to my health and my wellness. Mm-hmm. So doesn't matter what life throws at me like at that point because life's going to do what life's going to do. You can't prevent it. Right. You, there's nothing you can do. Right. It's going to try and put its hand in your pocket. Well, guess what? There's nothing in its pocket in my pockets for it to take because I already paid myself. Mm-hmm. You know, so they can mess up my coffee order. I can get. I can stub my toe. I can have an argument with my wife. My little girl can come home from school and tell me about another little girl who's pulled her hair and the teacher didn't do anything. And like all these things. Right? I mean, it's, that's life. Right. Yeah. That stuff's going to happen yeah. regardless of, you know. So my philosophy has always been like, get up before life and you don't have to worry about it, you know? Right. Yeah. You know, so I always want to try and pay myself first. You know, people are like, oh man, that sounds great. And I'm like, cool. You want to meet me at the gym at five? And like, yeah, nope. I don't know, bro. So I'm like, ah, you know, you just gotta, you gotta want it, you know? And I, you know, and I do want it, you know, it's basically, man, I don't want to die, Yeah. you know? 
Well, and for people, you know, if you're a very pragmatic person and don't like being inspired, which I don't understand, but you know, maybe you are, and you know, people in the world, and like for me, it was very practical since, like, I was a five amer for for years and years and years until recently, and like nothing gets in the way. If you have kids, especially, like kids ruin everything. They you know? do. Yeah, yeah, and, and they're you know, little they're, roommates. Yeah, they're what, they're they're great, but they ruin everything, and and yeah. so. If I don't work out in first thing in the morning, I can almost guarantee that they will get in the way or something will happen, you know, uh, close to them that I have to deal with, you know, somebody forgot something in, inevitably something will happen that will rob that workout later. And so for me, it was very, you know, practical sense in terms of like, well, my job is not going to, you know, take my time and my kids aren't going to take my time because no one cares about 5 a.m. in the morning. No one wants you at 5 a.m. in the morning, right? except on like this super rare case that a kid wakes up vomiting, you know, like yeah. safe time. Yeah. And, you know, and also another thing. So I know a lot of people struggle with. So say you do work out at six in the afternoon. All right. Man, you're tired from work. You know what I mean? It don't matter what you do. If you sit at a desk or you swing a hammer all day long, like you're tired. Mm-hmm. You know, so say you work out from six to seven, you get home, it's like seven thirty, you know, you're there with your partner, your spouse, and like you guys want to have some family time, but like you just got home, you're tired, you worked out, like I need a shower, I want to eat, now it's eight thirty, like I need to do go homework, you know, go for homework mm-hmm. with my child and and all these things, right? So, you know, that time you've kind of almost taken away, right, from your family, like your family time. Oh yeah. Right? Yeah. So like my girls are still asleep. Right. Like you said, right? so at 5 a.m., right, you know, my wife can never really say like, oh, you spend too much time at the gym and not enough time at home. Right. Mm-hmm. Because she's still asleep. Yeah. You know what I mean? So because I know that is that is a, a, a struggle that some people have. Right. You know, with their partners and, you know, you're always at the gym. You're always, you know, you know, working out and that kind of thing. And listen, man, I, I'm i total gym rat. If I could be there all the time, I would. Sure. You know, but that does take away from my family time, you know, that's, you know, that's stress. Mm-hmm. So when you're up super early in the morning like that, it's that stress is gone. Right. They don't, like you said, they don't need me at 5.00 AM. Nope. Right. Unless, you know, somebody's up early and they're, they're vomiting all night or something like that. And thank God those are rare occasions that that stuff happens. <laughs> yeah, for real. Thank God, you know, but uh, yeah, you're right. Like nobody needs you that early in the morning, you know, and other than you, you know what I mean? So like I'm up before everybody else. Also, you could be a little elitist with it, too. You know, like, oh, I've been there at 5 a.m. Where are you at? You know? Yeah, right. <laughs> so, I can always, like, ride that high horse all day long. It is a little chip, isn't it? It's nice. Yeah, it's a big chip, right? It's a big yeah. chip. You know, so then you come in. Uh, so when I was training for a uh, marathon, I was doing, like, two-a-days, right? So it was coming in the afternoon. It's like that uh, uh, Ron Burgundy, right? An anchor man was, like, the 5 a.m. news crew meets the 5 p.m. news crew. And it's right. like, who are you? And I'm like, who am I? My name is on the board, buddy. Yes, right. <laughs> I'm the Brit you see every single morning. Like I don't even know who you are. You don't. You're not even on my radar. You know? They're like, oh yeah, I do. You know, I do see your name. And I was like, yeah. Why don't you come see me at five a.m. And then they're like, no, buddy. No, no, no <laughs> I'd rather just see your name than your actual face at five a.m. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. So, but yeah, man. So that's kind of you know that's kind of me. And then. um uh, about a year, actually, matter of fact, man, like right at a year ago. So I started doing yoga about, about almost two years ago and I got into it kind of for CrossFit. Mm-hmm. I wanted to, basically I wanted to be more mobile, 
right? I wanted to um, have better mobility, you know, stretch, not be as sore all the time. Um, I wanted to learn basically better breathing techniques, right? Yeah. I wanted to learn how I could stay in that dark place a little bit longer during workouts, mm-hmm. you know, like have a little bit better mental space. And I was doing um, as it happens, an instructor that I had the studio I was going to, uh, was a big marathoner. Um, and, uh, I went for a run one day and I was never a run. Right. No, I mean, I would run like a mile at a time and I was running like 12 minute miles thinking that like chariots of fire is going to, you know, do a sequel with me in it. I think I'm the fastest man on earth, right? I had Kenyan <laughs> 12 minute miles, you know, I'm unstoppable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Prefontaine is like, has occupied my soul. And, uh, but that was it like spurts, man, like one mile at a time, you know, CrossFit, it's like 400 meters, 800 meters, like at a time. Yeah. I don't want any more. So, yeah, exactly. So man, man, nobody does. Right. That's just, it's crazy. People do that. So, uh, on Thanksgiving day last year, I went for a run on the Ravenel bridge here in Charleston. And it's, you start, uh, you can start from the Mount Pleasant side and it takes you over the Harbor. It's a beautiful bridge. And it's two and a half miles in one direction, two and a half miles back. So you can go from Mount Pleasant to downtown Charleston and back. It's five miles. It's a great incline. Like it's a sharp incline on the Mount Pleasant side, very gradual on the Charleston side. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good for hill work and all that stuff. So one day I just got this, this wild hair. I said, man, I'm going to run the bridge. So right? this wasn't like a turkey trot or something like this was just no, something you were just like, being, I'm going to do it. Oh, right. Me being dumb. I got it there, man. Six in the morning, I caught the sunrise. I was having like a, I don't know, like a spiritual moment. And I was like, man, I'm going to run the bridge. Like, let's, let's do it. So I do it. And I, I actually ran like fairly quick, man, like, uh, under like a 10 minute pass or a uh, mm-hmm. 10 minute pace. And, um, so I, I posted something. And, uh, so next time in class, she's like, Hey, I saw you ran the bridge. And I was like, yeah. She's like, yeah, your pace, you know, wasn't really that bad. I was like, yeah. You know, she goes, have you ever thought about, uh, like running like a, a 5k or like a half marathon? I looked at her like she had two heads. <laughs> yeah. I said, why would I do that? I was like, no. Yeah. Why would anyone think that? What are you talking about? Yeah. Like who thinks that? Like what? There's these people exist. I go, no. <laughs> and she says, she says, well, you know, I could probably get you ready for the Charleston half. Um, which now this time, this is, so this is Thanksgiving. Yeah. Like week after Thanksgiving. So we're like roughly first week of December. Charleston half is like, it was like January 11th, something like that last year. Oh, okay. I was like, yeah. oh, I've got a team competition for CrossFit coming up like on the, the 12th of December. And I was like, I don't know. And she was like, well, think about it. She's like, I'll write your program for you if you want to do it. So I went, so I waited like a week and then I went back to class again. She's like, what do you think? I was like, you know what? F it, write it up for me. I'll do it. Like, you know, yeah. whatever. So she's like, for real, if I write you your program, like you'll, you'll do it. And I was like, yeah, I go, but here's the thing. I go, I can't, I'm not going to do it before this competition. Cause I don't want to injure myself. Right. Because, you know, apparently I'm some games athlete who's, you know, on the cusp. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You got to protect that. You never yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. I got to protect that future. Right. I'm a master's athlete. Like, you know, Kevin, <laughs> yeah. Kevin you know, Coster or Kester, like I'm, I'm coming for you, man. <laughs> coming at you. Yeah. Right. So Anyway, so she's like, okay, well, that's going to shorten your, your thing to four weeks. Mm. So she says, I'm going to take you from zero to 13 point, you know, 0.1 miles in four weeks. And I was like, yeah, whatever, I'll do it. Yeah, whatever. So, yeah, I do the competition. And then, um, like, you know, I'm pretty good. Like I said, I'm coachable, I'm teachable, you know. So I did it, true, 
you know, I did it and, uh, I wanted to finish under two hours and I did, uh, an hour and 58, 59. There you go. Right. So in my mind, the last like hundred yards ish, hundred meters, mm-hmm. I broke into this, this sprint that probably mimics in my mind now that mimicked like Usain Bolt. Right. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Long, gorgeous gazelle strides, right? Determination across my face. Photo finish. Right. Like Nike probably is gonna be making a mistake by not signing me, just based off of my stride. Yeah. These last hundred meters alone. I mean, scouts were probably watching at the finish line for you to come. Absolutely. In. Right. I know yeah. this. Yeah. Right. I know these facts to be true. So um <laughs> I so I get the notification from the Charleston marathon people that, uh, Hey, your video finishes is available. Your pictures are available. So <laughs> you, you already know where this is going. So yeah, yeah. I go, Oh my God, I can't wait to see this. Right. This like beautiful Olympic hopeful. Right. Yeah. I get it. And imagine if you will close your eyes and I'm going to take you to an ice skating rink in Africa. Right, is outrunning a rhinoceros <laughs> and has now run from sand and has now hit ice. Yeah, yeah. Right, with only seventy five percent of its leg capacity. Right. Yeah, yeah. And it now run, attempting to run across ice for about a hundred meters or so, and the rhino is still like getting very close. And uh, that is exactly what I looked like going across <laughs> the finish line. When I got the YouTube video and uh, all I did was laugh. Yeah. It was one of those moments. I said, I did not see that going like that in my head. I, <laughs> I saw that going completely different in my head. So the human mind can really uh, trick you into doing amazing things. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think it was more of a defense mechanism, like to keep me from like having a, a stroke. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, adrenaline <laughs> pumping, you know, yeah, you know so um, survival. Have you seen? Yeah, sure. uh, have you have you seen that? Uh, there's a documentary now. It's actually on Disney Plus now about uh, breaking the two hour mark um, in a yes. full marathon. I haven't seen the documentary, but I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and then there's that dude that actually did it. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah can, can you imagine? Like in that time that you ran half of it, somebody finished twice as much work. No, I can't. And right? like, isn't that listen, crazy? He, he watched a feature length film in the time that it still took me to finish. Yeah. yeah. A feature length film. Uh, he left in his car, went to a movie theater, bought the movies, stood in line for popcorn, sat down with his family, watched the movie, then hopped in the car, came back and I'm still not at the finish line at this time. Right? Put that into perspective. Yeah. 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 Like that's absolutely insane. Um, you know, but we're, you know, humans are, are, are capable of a lot of crazy things. So, mm-hmm. you know, so kind of after that, I basically couldn't walk for about three months. Oh, um, yeah. I, 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 you know, it was one of the, not the smartest thing that I've probably ever done, uh, to put that kind of mileage on my body that fast. Yeah. But you know, I kind of had a goal. I decided to do it. I did it. And I was like, cool. So like a lot of people, I was just kind of like, all right, what's next? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So then I say, well, so my instructor slash coach, she was like, yeah, you know, you did really good. 
you know, so on and so forth. Um, have you ever thought about a full? And I was like, you know what? You and I aren't friends right now. So yeah. you can yeah. shut up. I don't want to talk to you right now for like a hot minute. Uh, you you're like, walk for six months. Got it. Yeah, okay. Like, thank you. You and I are, are on conversation restriction now. Like when I come to class, we're not going to speak. I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to leave. Right. Me, like don't even make eye contact. I don't know you at this point. <laughs> right. So like, man, not a few weeks, a few weeks go by and I go, you know what? Maybe I should do a full. No. Yeah. <laughs> right. So obviously I didn't, you know, I didn't learn my lesson. So, uh, I start looking and then I've like, you know, I'm like, Oh, you know, what about, uh, how about New York? You yeah. know, yeah. my wife, my wife, bless her heart. She's going to leapfrog so many people in the line to heaven because she is a, she honestly entertains my nonsense with a grain of salt, right? <laughs> She's supportive in her silence. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And honestly, that's, the, that's really the kind of support that I need. I need somebody who's going to hype me up for ratchet stuff. Right. And yeah. her silence is like her way of ratcheting me up. So like, that's what I need. And, um, she just kind of goes with the flow. So, I mean, she's, she's a, she's very much a saint like that. So, um, I look at New York and I say, you know what, man, F it, let's do it. At least this time, I'll have a lot of time to recover from the half. I'll have time to like do strength and nutrition, like really get a good program going, right? Like be smart mm-hmm. about it. Like don't be dumb. So, cause I've already, you know, I saw what dumb can do. So yeah, yeah. I look at New York and you know, I decided, let me put in for the lottery, you know, to see if I get chosen, which I didn't. Um, obviously I'm not a pro runner. So that, you know, it's not like New York's like, shooting me emails or blowing me up saying, Hey, Chris, like we saw that Steve Prefontaine type performance you put in in Charleston. Like we want you to be the yeah. poster child New York, you know, Roadrunners club. I can't believe they didn't do it. I know. I mean, these things happen, right? This, it's a missed opportunity. I'm basically Microsoft stock in like mm-hmm. 81. They're, yeah. they're packed, obviously. Yeah. They clearly don't they, want to invest in their future. Right now, like they chose to, yeah, you know, they just they chose to go another direction with the Kenyans, you know, whatever. But uh, so that didn't ha- that didn't pan out. So another way to get for those of people who are listening who like aren't runners and especially like marathon stuff, there are kind of three different ways to get in. So you're either a pro runner and you get invited, right? Mm-hmm. You can either go for a lottery system, right, which is exactly what you think. You put in, you know, for the lottery online, they you know choose you, and or they don't choose you. Right. Mm-hmm. Or you can go what they call the charity routes. So there are uh, for New York and for an example, there are hundreds of different charities and each charity is given X amount of basically spots mm-hmm. for the marathon on their team. So you have to apply to these charities and there's there's so many good ones. Um, I applied for um, uh, suicide awareness and prevention. I um uh, and, and quite a few other ones. And, um, I also applied for one called uh, caring kind. So caring kind is an organization in the New York area that provides, um, uh, Alzheimer's and dementia awareness and care. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's something that kind of hits uh, home to me. Uh, I had my grandmother, um, uh, had uh, dementia, she had Alzheimer's, and it's very, very, if you've ever had to experience or anybody listening has ever had to experience it, man, it's, it's debilitating and it's really heartbreaking mm-hmm. when you see 
somebody who's so full of life and who's like such a firecracker, you know, like lose that life in their eyes. You know, like you're looking into their eyes and like, they're not there anymore. Like that person is not there. And it's sad to see them just kind of to go away like that. Yeah. So, um, you know, I kind of, I told Karen kind of my story and, um, you know, fortunately they, you know, they chose me to be a part of their team and, uh, they're a great organization. If anybody has a chance to kind of, you know, look them up and if anything to help, you know, with you dealing, if you have any, any family members or loved ones who are going through that, that type of disease, they're a great resource. They can kind of counsel you, you know, on like what to expect, you know, how to, you know, prepare for these types of things and just to help you get into, you know, a mindset, you know, to help, you know, to deal with people who are, who are going through that. So yeah, anyway, yeah. they're a great, Good. great organization. So I was very fortunate to get picked up through them. Now, here's the catch. So yes, you're signed up with a charity Well, the charity says, okay, for our spot, you need to raise money for us. Mm-hmm. So uh, for caring kind, the minimum is $3,500, right? Charity. Mm-hmm. And, uh, right. Which is, you know, I would you know, raise as much money as I absolutely could. Right. Cause it's, it's a great organization. So it's not, it's work, but it's not work. You know, it's like one of yeah. those passion project type things, right? You know, you're very much happy to do it. And getting a spot in New York or any other or Boston or any or Chicago, any of these other places, it's just like a bonus, really. Yeah, sure. Right. Because even if you didn't get into the race, like being able to raise money and awareness for, you know, important organizations like that, man, is I mean, that's awesome, you know, because not all of us have the opportunity to be able to do something good like that. Mm-hmm. Right. Put in those good works. So, you know, I was very blessed and and, and happy and honored to be you know, to be chosen to be a part of that and raise some money for a good charity. So now you're set. So you're in the race, you're with a charity. Now you have to start raising money. Here's the catch. You have to raise X amount of dollars before X date. If you're not there, they're going to charge you a credit card. Oh, wow. For the whole amount. Well, for the amount, the half the amount, right. That you haven't hit. Then you have X amount of time to hit the other amount the full amount. If at that point you don't hit that, they're going to charge you credit card. So you're on the hook for it. Oh, geez. Yeah. 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 So, um, a big misconception, um, when I first started kind of raising money was people were like, well, you know, uh, all this money is going to go to your race. No, the hotel, mm-hmm. the plane trip, you know, my food, my accommodations, race entry fees, like all these things, that's all out of my pocket. Mm-hmm. The money raised for the charity goes directly to the charity right all they did is just guarantee you a spot that's it right so now you got your spot you've got your charity get your game plan ready how are you going to raise money are you going to go through strictly through social media um family and friends are kind of the basic things right everybody gets on facebook and sees somebody raising money for charity so it's it's a it's a tough gig man it's really tough you know luckily for me Charleston is very generous and very giving. I have a lot of great friends and family who, you know, help me band together. Um, you know, starboard, uh, my home box was essential in helping me raise the majority of my funds. Um, so, you know, I was able to hit the money, but in the interim time, right. We have to be smart because we're running a, a real marathon, right? This isn't a joke anymore. <laughs> right. Like it's yeah. now you're committed. Um, I want to get, you know, I'm following all these runners and like they're not deadlifting, 
right? Like these guys aren't bench pressing. Like they're not doing overhead squats, like to be better runners, mm-hmm. but I don't know what they're doing. Right. There's a secret, yeah. right? Like what's the secret sauce? Right. I'm looking I'm like, nah, it's not air squats. So, uh, a friend of mine who is a, um, very, very, very smart, uh, personal trainer. He does a lot of work with Ironman. Uh, he does a lot of work with the South Carolina Stingrays, uh, hockey team, mm-hmm. strength and conditioning, um, you know, figure skaters, like all kinds of stuff. So I reach out to him and I explain to him what I'm doing. His name is, uh, Matthew Blair Davis. And, um, he said, I said, man, like there's something I'm missing, you know, like, what are they, like, what are they not telling me? And he was like, bro, you need to come to my studio I got a program for you. You're right. Like they're not telling you like what you need to do. I'll get you a run centric program. He's like, it's not going to be like anything that you are used to. So I said, fine. So this whole time I get my program and I tell uh, Ronnie, the owner of Starboard, I go, listen, I still want to keep coming like to 5 a.m. and stuff, but like, I'm kind of going to do my own thing if that's cool with you. And he's like, absolutely. You know, he's like, you know, do your own thing. Like, you know, this is your home too. Right. Um, basically like, you know, I just kind of pay the bills at this place. <laughs> so I go, I see Matthew, I get the program and dude, it's like banded work, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like unilateral movements. I'm putting bands around my ankles and like mm-hmm. moving my feet out. Like it's hip mobility. It's like hip strength. And, you know, um, I'm doing like one legged RDLs, right? Uh, I'm doing like box step ups, you know, um, lots of core, you know, like all kinds of stuff like that. Right. Stabilization. And, um, you know, we always joke like, you know, I'm doing my, like my booty boot camp. Yeah. Right, over yeah. The corner. So I didn't touch the barbell for months, like Ugh. months, months. Right. Like yeah. It's a, it's, it's kind of a nightmare a little bit, right? Especially you're going from, you know, lifting for me, like just the barbell itself heavy. Right. But you go from like lifting all the time and like overhead squats and, and pull-ups and you know muscle ups, and, like all this stuff to like, not, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So I'm in the corner every day, man, 5am. I'm just doing my thing. Right. While I'm getting like FOMO watching everybody <laughs> else, you know what I mean? Like do burpees and die. And, you know, and I'm sort of like barely breaking a sweat doing my stuff, but you know, Matthew's a smart dude. You know, I trust him implicitly with my, you know, with my training. So I said, mm-hmm. um, you know, whatever Matthew says, I'll do. So then I, uh, I link up with a guy, a coach named uh, Brad Hudson. He's out in Colorado and he, in the running world, pretty big deal. He has coached um, people like uh, a guy named Parker Stinson, who's the American record holder for like 25K, I believe. Mm. Uh, fast boy, fast boy, just ran Chicago in like a, 210 something crazy like that like always fast and then mm-hmm. uh, another um a real well-known uh, female athlete named ali Kiefer, uh super sweet girl um she has actually been really nice and has been uh cool with uh corresponding with me a little bit uh with some you know, challenges that i had kind of running and training and whatnot but she finished like fifth in new york in 2017 and i believe seventh in like 2018 no oh, wow crazy fast girl. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, crazy fast, like super good girls. Sweet. She's, uh, I think she is, uh, ASICs. I believe she's an ASICs runner. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, so this guy, Brad Hudson, super smart guy, uh, writes a program for me and it's brutal. 
I mean, it is, it's brutal, but he's like, call me anytime you have questions, whatever. So I've got my strength program. I got my running program. Like now I need to eat. Right. Mm-hmm. I can't eat like an asshole anymore. Basically. Like I have to eat smart. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got to fuel myself more and better than, you know, than like just CrossFit eating. So, yeah. Um, Matthew recommends a girl named, uh, Catherine Adele. Um, that's all she does. She works at the medical university. Mm-hmm. Crazy smart food person. Yeah. Right. I go, I meet with her and she's like, okay. Um, we're sitting there and she's like, well, what do you eat for a like a snack before you go to bed? And I'm like cereal. And she's yeah. like, oh, <laughs> yeah, you listen. Oh man, you're going to love this. So she says, Oh, what kind of cereal? And I'm like, cinnamon toast crunch yes right and she she looks at me and i just look at her and there's like that awkward silence for a moment yeah she's like are you messing with me or is this like she's like you're not joking i was like no no it's great cereal yeah i'm like have you ever had it before yeah like (laughs) clearly you haven't had this yeah like it's amazing she's like okay well no you can't do that i'm like (laughs) all right i go okay so what can I eat? And she's like, well, what other cereals do you like? And I go, do you know what cereals a seven-year-old likes? That's me. Have you I heard of anything by Captain? Children. Captain yeah. Crunch. <laughs> Captain Crunch. I go, anything with a cartoon character on the box. Fruity Pebbles, Lucky Charms, Cookie Crisp. Like, these are what I like. And don't cereal shame me for it. Yeah, yeah, don't cereal shame me. Right. So anyway, so she's like, obviously this guy is not joking. He is really an adult child and I need to like steer him. (laughs) So she's like, no, 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 no. (laughs) This is what you need to eat. Um, You need to like, do you like shredded wheat? And I was like, can I put sugar on it? And she's like, no, why? Like, why are you so serious about this? And I'm like, what? What do you mean? Because shredded wheat tastes terrible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, have you ever tried to choke down shredded wheat? It's, it's like hay. Like, no, no. I mean, I don't want to like chase hay with milk. That sounds horrible. Yeah. So we found a happy medium. She's like, get some like raisin bran is good. You can get some stevia powder, sprinkle some stevia on there. Like, I'll allow that. I'm like, <laughs> okay. Like now we're you know now we're talking, but. She, let me tell you, she drilled it down, man. Like at this time of the day, you need to eat this at this time of the day, you need to eat that. So I have reminders on my phone, man. And it's like, I'm, you know, when I was training between three, 4,000 calories a day, like on the reg, you know what I mean? On the reg and it's not trash calories. Right. And like, everybody knows, man, like it's easy to choke down 4,000 calories of Mrs. Freshly's jumbo honey buns. And like Mountain Dews and, you know, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, pizza. It's very difficult to hit those calories with like good food, clean food, right? So you're constantly eating like all the time because like mm-hmm. rolls, like they fill my soul up, but they fill my belly up super fast, right? And keep mm-hmm. me from being hungry, right? But like cashews and cold press orange juice, you know, like that doesn't fill me up as fast so i have to eat you know a lot more so cold pressed orange juice what is that oh it's let me tell you man that's like uh you go to whole foods it's literally they take oranges right they peel them 
they put him in this press and they squeeze the juice, basically everything through like a cheesecloth and then put it in a bottle. That's it. What's nothing the, else why does it have to be cold? What is the difference between cold pressed and like room temperature pressed? You know, I think it's probably a marketing thing, honestly. Okay. Right, that makes more sense. Yeah, it makes more sense. But it's amazing. It's the best orange juice you'll ever have in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but it's a good, like, it's kind of, it counts as like a dense carb, right? But it's also, you've got kind of that, that clean natural sugar that's in it. Yeah. Um, so it's good, right? Pops your insulin levels back up. Um, it kind of I remember the last time I had juice. Yeah, because juice is trash. Like yeah. general juice is trash. Like you don't want to feed that to your kids because it's nothing but sugar in it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? But if you are able to have access to like any type of cold pressed juice, do that. It's pricey, but it's it's kind of like my one like little indulgence that I have. You know, yeah. it's like my it's you know it's bougie juice, but whatever, man. It's it's delicious. It's I delicious, it. and I'm eating raisin bran. So shut up. Shut up, <laughs> face. My answer to everything is well, I could be doing meth. So there's that. You probably know. cheaper yeah it, it probably is cheaper right? <laughs> right. i'm sure if whole foods could come out with a better version a cleaner version of meth they would yeah. um yeah. and charge more for it you know than your local dealer you know down there shaking two liters at the uh in the walmart parking lot i guess i don't yeah, know one day one day yeah one day you know what we're striving something <laughs> the size of a mercedes cars right we can yeah. talk to it every day like, why can't we get, you know, something like that at Whole Foods? Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, Jeff Bezos, if you're listening, you know, suggestion box, buddy. Yeah, he does. He emails me every once in a while and tells me what a great yeah, job yeah. we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, so Catherine puts me on. She's my, uh, you know, she's my food Nazi in a good way. Right. Uh, but also, like, she says, okay, Chris, same conversation. What are you eating after your long runs on Saturdays? I look at her hand to God. Donuts, Krispy Kreme, or duck donuts. And it's that awkward, like, silence moment. Like, she looks at me, and I just look at her, and I bat my eyes at her to, like, be cute, thinking that, you know, she'll overlook it. Nope. And she, again, you're not joking. And I said, no, I'm not joking. I just killed, like, 1,500 calories, right? Like, I'm dying over here. Like, I, I earned that. And she's like, no. No. I can't have Krispy Kreme donuts filled with Nutella. I can't go to Duck Donuts and get like Oreo dip donut. Uh, She's like, well, how many donuts are you eating? I'm like, I don't know, six. But then maybe I stop off and get like a bacon, egg, and cheese somewhere. And, you know, and I chase it all down with, you know, a Gatorade endurance. That's right. That's right. <laughs> like, oh. you know, you could tell in her mind, she's just thinking like, geez, man, I got my work cut out. Yeah, like, and this is a grown man, like she's speaking to, right? This is right. I think she's talking to like a twelve-year-old, but like, I have a four hundred one k and a pension. You know what I mean? That's like, right. <laughs> I'm an adult. You would think I have better habits, but I don't. So, yeah, right, you know. yeah. So I got my nutrition, I got my strength, I got my running program right. So I hit the ground running. Mm-hmm. Now, anybody who's done, who's listening, who's done a marathon, they know that. Marathon season is in the fall, right? And then like in the wintertime, right? So all your, your PRs are done. They're, they're earned in the summertime, right? Mm-hmm. If you've ever been to Charleston or anybody listening has ever been to Charleston, our summers, the best word I can use to describe them are oppressive. Yeah. This yeah. past summer, it's, you know, obviously, of course, it's the hottest on record. You know, the summer I decided to, to train for a marathon. 
And uh, I'm running uh, before the sun comes up. So I'm going for my long runs at 5 a.m. on a Saturday. And uh, I'm going on uh, something here called the West Ashley Greenway. And it's this this path. It's behind neighborhoods and, and whatnot. And it's very well curated. It's about s- almost eight miles long, right, give or take. Mm-hmm. I can get long runs in, go to the end of it, and run back, right? So, you know, I'm getting up and I'm driving over there on my Saturdays and putting in my long runs. Now, here's kind of, kind of here's kind of the unglamorous like parts of my kind of my journey and my struggle. And this is really where it started for me, where I start to second guess myself. So I'm running and it's 84 degrees, 5 a.m. Right, mm. it's mm. 73 degree dew points, and the humidity is 94 percent. Right, you. You're, <laughs> Bro, you're chewing the air. Yeah. Period. Right. It's what I would imagine waterboarding is like. Right. Yeah, if sure. you were part of some terrorist organization and I had been captured, and they mm. want to waterboard me, like this is it. Right. This is what I think. So, you know, I'm running and I'm doing this, man. Like, you know, every Saturday is my long runs and I'm doing it, and I hit this wall one day. Right. And I I had to do, I believe it was like 14 miles that day. Right. And like. Two weeks before, I PR'd my half marathon time, and I felt amazing. Right, yeah. I felt like I could like I could do anything at that point. And then, like the same day, I went to the CrossFit uh, to my box, and I did a uh, workout for uh, Sunshine State Cup. I don't know if you guys have, are familiar with them, but uh, they come out really cool uh, workouts during the summer. Um, great little organization. Swag bag is really cool. Okay. So I came and did that, and I'm just like, I am fitness personified right? yeah you i am untouchable you can't, you can't mess right up. Yeah. i'm untouchable. i go i buy a scratch off ticket that day because you know obviously i'm winning on all levels i didn't win anything but you know like this is the attitude that i have sure yeah so, obviously anybody who's you know start to you know to train for anything you know of substance you got to be humbled at some point right <laughs> you, can't, you can't roll sevens every time mm-hmm. so two weeks later i'm running and it's one of those oppressive days and I get to the like seven or eight miles mark and I turn around and I'm running back and I get, uh, about, and I, I hit that proverbial wall mm-hmm. where I'm having a hard time breathing, right? Because the, the weather's so crazy and all of a sudden, man, that doubt creeps in. Yeah. Right. The doubt creeps in and, I had to walk a little bit and I'm like, okay, like shake it off, you know, walk it off like a little bit, like, you know, get back at it. Right. Cause you're training, like, it's okay. And I, I, I realized like, I can't run more than like 50 yards at a time. Like and because we, of pain or no, stress? just like, what? Because, like, I don't have it. Like my body's like, bro, we're done. Oh like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like my legs are trash. Like they're not in pain, but like they don't have any more gas in them. Mm-hmm. I'm gassed. My legs are gassed. My feet are gassed. I'm, you know, I probably lost seven pounds in straight water weight. My shoes are squeaking oh. from all the sweat. Mm-hmm. Disgusting. Yeah. You know, it's so disgusting to the fact that I went on Amazon and I bought a boot dryer. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right. And I didn't use it for my boots. I would right. come up and I put my running shoes on the boot dryer because and this is not an exaggeration, man. Your shoes were like you stepped in, in the pool with mm-hmm. your running shoes on and stepped out. Like they're soaking wet. So 
I'm walking and the sun isn't even, there's barely even up. Like it's about to start cracking. Right. And I'm walking and I'm trying to run and I can't. And let me tell you, Jacob, I found a spot right on this path and I sat down. Yeah. And I just like, I almost started to cry. Right. Like a grown man. Right. I'm like, maybe this isn't for me, man. Right. Mm -hmm. I had like that moment. You know what I mean? That I think everybody has like it's at some point, whether it be training for a marathon or whether it be like you're a new parent. Mm -hmm. Right. You start a new job and you're not you're not confident in yourself or your abilities or what you're capable of. Right. And I don't care, man. Any we've all had it, Mm -hmm. you know, it just it's it's just on a different stage for all of us. We've all had that moment. You know what I mean? Like, you know, the first time like I brought my daughter home, you know, from the hospital, my wife and I like scared to death. Sure. Like, bro, maybe this ain't for me, but like, guess what? Like you have to make it for you. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause apparently you can't take the kid back. Yeah. I mean, like they're not going to take kid back, you know? So I sat there, man. And I just, I had, I had to have like that come to Jesus moment. And I'm sat there, man. And I'm like, like hand to God, man, my eyes are welling up. And I'm just like, like, what are you doing, man? Like, mm-hmm. baby boy, what are you doing with your life? You know, like, what, like, what brought you to this point? Mm-hmm. You know? So, you know, I sat there and I'm just like, you know, like maybe you should quit. And then like, when I had that thought, like I thought of everything else, like maybe you should stop. Like, why are you doing this? Like, what are you doing to your body? Cause like my body's trash. Mm-hmm. I hurt. You know what I mean? Like I limp, you know, and all this stuff. And, yeah, yeah. you know, and I sat there and I was like, you know what, man, like you need to make this for you. Like pull your shit together. Mm-hmm. Like you're like, like you're a grown man. Like this is what you signed up for. Right. You don't like, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with letting strangers down. Right. <laughs> I'm perfectly fine with that. Right. Cause I don't care. But like the narcissist inside of me, like I can't let me down. Number one. Mm. Right. I love me too much to like yeah. me, but also my little girl, right. Every day I come home from running, she comes to the gym with me at night, you know, when I'm doing two a days and she sees daddy working hard. Mm-hmm. she sees daddy roll foam rolling for an hour every night and she comes out and she you know wants to do like yoga with daddy at night and stretch with daddy at night and she asks daddy how he does you know how daddy how was your run you know you know daddy i'm sorry you hurt mm-hmm. and <laughs> you know i thought to myself like there's no way i can come home and look that little girl in the eye and just say Oh, honey, like, daddy just don't want to do it anymore. Daddy broken. <laughs> broke. Now, right? So I was like, you know what? Like, you've got, now I'm pot committed. Like, I'm raising money for charity, like, all this stuff. So I'm like, I'm basically like, stop being a little bitch. Mm-hmm. Right. Done. Well, yeah. so mentally, like, I'm like, all right, man, like, okay, bro. Like, you got it together. Like, pull it together. Well, I still can't run. Right. Cause like, my, you know, it didn't help my legs. Like my legs are still trash. But I had to walk three miles back to my car. Yeah. Goodness. I, that's a long way, man. Three miles is a long way. Yeah. Like the sun is cracking up. 
you know what I mean? And like, it's, and that, so that three mile walk back, like that was that gut check for me. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, okay. Like, you know, rest, give yourself a couple days rest. Like don't run, like get back at it. Right. So that's what I did. So fast forward, we're about eight weeks out from the marathon and I'm, you know, I'm making headway on my, my, my charity running, um, you know, make my money, all this stuff. Like I'm getting like, you know, tons of kind of recognition. There's a local magazine, uh, a fitness magazine called oblique. And, okay. um, a friend of mine, uh, Q Patterson is the assistant editor there. And she, you know, does like this cool little piece for me, you know, on their social media to kind of help me bring more awareness to my charity and stuff. So like humming along, well, I, on a Monday I get up and I go and I run six miles that morning and then I go to work and then I come back and I run three miles that afternoon. Right. Cause mm-hmm. I just, I only have so much time during the week to run. So I had to break up the running sometimes. Yeah. So I go to bed that night. I wake up next morning, go to get out of bed. I can't walk on my left foot. Oh, geez. Left leg. Like out of nowhere. I instantly look at my wife thinking she has sabotaged me in some way in my sleep. She's yeah, beaten me. She, she's cut your Achilles or something. Yes. Yes. She has sabotaged me in, in some way, right? Obviously, that's the only explanation that there can be. Yeah. Only a clear thinking person would think that. Absolutely. Yeah, so I look yeah. at her. What have you done to me? Right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I, wait, I shake her. You know, I wake her up. You know, what have you done? Yeah. So uh, that afternoon I go and I try to run again, takes Madville, right? Man up. I go run and it's, it's super painful. Mm. So instantly I go, okay, like you've obviously done too much. Let's switch to some low impact stuff. Now this is where, this is where the fun happens. So now your boy starts jumping on the assault bike for 20,000 meters at a time. Mm. I start rowing 10,000 meters at a time. I start trying to row half marathons, right? Because on low impact, but I need to keep that aerobic capacity up. I'm still doing okay. my strength, you know, and all that stuff. Still eating right. And it's not, it's sort of getting better, but like, it's not getting better. I'm not running. It's not getting better fast enough. And like, I'm keep looking at the calendar and like, it's getting closer. So I go to a PT and the PT is like, ah, we think it's like your, your posterior tib. Like, I think you got tendonitis there. You know, so they, you know, take me up. They put me on this cool machine called Alter G. Um, have you ever seen one of those? No. So Alter G is like the future. It's a treadmill. It's a zero gravity treadmill, right? Mm. They put you in like, like these rubber pants, right? That have a big zipper around them. You get, you get in the treadmill and you zip it around it and it makes it airtight from the waist down. Oh, wow. They then pump air into this chamber and it actually lessens your weight and the impact that you're doing when you're running. So they can take it up to like 50% of your body weight. Oh yeah. This was, this was one of the things on your uh, Instagram, right? Yeah. Yeah, Right. Super cool. So I, you know, I post a little video of that. Um, and that's at like 40% of my body weight and it's great for, they use it for a lot of people who rehab, right? Mm -hmm. So they still want to get the running motion in or the walking motion in, but without all that extra body weight on. So I'm doing this and um it's still like not getting better so finally i'm like well i need to go see an ortho and beg them for cortisone because new york is is quickly approaching mm-hmm. because you know i'm like everybody else i want a quick fix right sure. I Absolutely. yeah i don't want to address like what's really wrong nah. you know give me a shot mm-hmm. so i go and they're uh on the phone they're seemingly very 
open. Like, yeah, cool. Well, come on in, man. We'll get you a shot. So I go <laughs> in, right? And they're like, well, let's take some x-rays first. And uh, I'm about a month out from New York, mind you. So I go in, take x-rays. Doctor comes in and he's like, uh, he starts moving my ankle around and whatnot. He's like, does this hurt? Does that hurt? I'm like, nah, nah, man, it's fine. And he puts his thumb above my ankle on my leg. And I jump off that table about six. Yeah. He says, let's look at your x-rays real quick. And sure enough, I had a stress fracture. Mm. And let me tell you something. Yeah. That will do it too. So I, you know, so now I'm in this, like this, this Rocky type mindset, right? Like succeed at any, at any cost. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, whatever. What do we, where do we go from here? Like, can, will cortisone fix that or mask it at least, you know, for me to be able to run and continue my training? And he's like, yeah, no, bro. Like, we're going to take you out of work. I'm going to put you in an air cast. Like, you know, you can continue doing this low impact stuff, but like, maybe we'll have you ready by New York. Maybe yeah. not. So I'm like, okay, so take me out of work. I go on uh, like short-term disability work. Thank God I worked for a huge company that I've been with for God, man, over a decade. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, I have short-term disability, you know, coverage. It's like 100% pay. So I go out and I've got this aircast boot on, right? And I'm, you know, I'm trying to do the best that I can and keep everything obviously super low impact. You know, I'm hobbling around with this air cast on. I can't run, you know, I can't, I can barely walk, you know? So I'm like rowing with like one leg. I'm like row, you know, assault bike, like with one leg or just my arms or, you know, very much with this boot on Mm -hmm. trying to kind of do what I can do. And, you know, it's now all of a sudden starting to get a little bit better, but still not better enough to run. Right. Mm -hmm. Really any, any distance. So, um, we go back and, um, we revisit like two weeks later and he says, yeah, it's getting better, but like still not good enough. And I go, okay, well, listen, the week before New York, like we need to look at some sort of pain management option, AKA, I want you to shoot me with some sort of steroids that you've smuggled in from Russia. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe some, um, little, maybe a little blow. I mean, you know, just yeah, what, like, do you guys have baby placentas? Like, I don't know, in the fridge back there, like, I want that. I want children's tears, like whatever you have, like yeah, unicorn stuff. blood. I mean, whatever unicorn blood, like I'm with it. Like I have great insurance, man. Like let's hook it up. So he says, all right, he kind of shrugs me off a little bit. That blows me off. He's like, all right, well Tuesday before, cause I fly out Friday to, you know, for New York, he says, Tuesday, come in and we'll talk. So we come in and, uh, I'm all, I'm ready. Like, okay, like let's talk shop. Like, what are we going to do? Because obviously I can't run like this and not running is not an option anymore. Mm-hmm. because it goes back to what am I going to tell my little girl? Right. Am I going to tell her, listen, honey, daddy's not going to run because his leg hurts. Mm-hmm. Right. After she's seen all this work I've put in and all, all you know, all this stuff, because all also like to a degree, what example am I setting for her? Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. I want her to see that like anything is possible. Right. If you have a plan, right. You, mm-hmm. you know, cause you, what, do, what do they say? A goal without a plan is just a wish. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I wanted to be like, if you have a goal, make a plan, follow your plan and you can, you can achieve anything. Right. So like, again, that's not an option. So we go in the doctor's like, okay, well like, I don't know, man, like maybe it's like some Advil cause I don't think cortisone is going to work. So I look at him and I said, listen, 
I'm going to be very serious with you about this. I'm 42 years old, right? The Olympic trials are not my future, <laughs> right? Nike has obviously passed up on a golden goose with me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like endorsement money from Nike or Saucony or Asics or any of these guys, like they've obviously messed up the opportunities to sign me. Right. right. Yeah. So this is where we're at. I go, I want you to close your eyes for a moment. And he has PA in there with him. And I said, both of you close your eyes for a moment. I go, envision this. This is Super Bowl. Okay. I go, we're halftime. I said, Tom Brady comes in to see you with this same injury. I go, you're not going to give him chicken nachos and send him up to the box with Robert Kraft to watch the rest of the game. <laughs> right. Yeah, of course. I go, I go, you're going to give him something. I go, give me what you're going to give Tom Brady. I'll sign what you want me to sign. And he, and he's kind of looked at me and goes, I don't know what they're going to give Tom Brady, man, like a fentanyl lollipop. <laughs> and I go, whatever. I like cherry. Yeah. Give me the goods, man. Like, Give me the stuff that like the Russian oligarchs get, right? That's <laughs> yeah. what I want, right? Off the market stuff. And he's like, and I think he kind of the way he said it was to maybe scare me a little bit. And he's like, I don't know, man. Maybe we can bounce a needle full of lidocaine off your bone and then like give you like some prednisone or something. And hey, I kicked my shoe off and put my leg up on the table. I go, okay, man, go get it. <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah, go get it. So he's like, oh, okay. needle that's I, 35 feet long something like that and for a split moment i was like oh that's not i shouldn't have said that and i was yeah. like whatever like you're you're in it to win it now that's right i'm committed yeah i'm committed at this point like whatever so they they jam a needle full of lidocaine literally bounce it off my bone it it hurts a, a good bit <laughs> it's what i expected <laughs> and uh it gives me a, um you know a script for uh like prednisone or you know Whatever. So I'm like, great. I'm happy. You know, like I basically, I, I guess I sold him enough, you know, on my case to where, you know, he felt comfortable, you know, putting me on this stuff. And he gives me like a topical, which is like a liquid Advil, basically you're rubbing your legs. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I have my, uh, my pharmacy kit ready to go. Let's do this. So I don't run, you know, at all. So technically I have run for eight weeks coming up to the New York city marathon. Yeah. That's a long time. I, yeah, so I had to shift, obviously, my, my goals and expectations because I was training for a three-and-a-half-hour marathon, right? A 3.30 is what I was training for. Mm-hmm. If I did it under four, like, I'd have been super happy, right? Yeah. So to give you an idea, like, that's these are the times I was shooting for, and this is what I was training for, right? So I get to New York, um, go to the expo, and get my, um, uh, my, I mean, my bib, when I check in and mm-hmm. it's an amazing experience. And I didn't realize, man, like how much of an international like race this is. Yeah. Like, yeah. I heard, heard anybody speak English, you know, the expo and like people from all over. Mm-hmm. So another, I'll tell you, this is, you know, kind of a, like one of those like weird facts, fun facts. So new balance is a huge apparel sponsor, right. For the, for the marathon. Yeah. So I get there at the expo and New Balance, man, I swear to God, they have like 10,000 square feet of like expo space. Mm-hmm. And people are there and I walk in and people are, so everybody's there. Like Nike is there. They have a booth, Saucony and, um, you know, Gatorade and everybody. You could buy stuff there and, you know, swipe your card and get shoes and, you know, all this stuff. Right. So I walk into New Balance 
area. And I don't see any cash registers like at all. Mm-hmm. But what I do see is people grabbing apparel like it's Black Friday. Oh, right? It was bizarre. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So like $100 windbreakers, you know, $60 T-shirts, you know, all this stuff. Like they're just piling them on like, like it's free. And I think to myself, I'm like, I have had, you know, I've had friends run New York and I, and I've read about it. Like, I know they're going to be like, Hey man, don't forget to swing around New Balance and get all your free stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I'm like, no way this stuff is free, but like people are grabbing it. Like it's free. Yeah. So I'm like, I meander around a little bit and like, you know, I'm still very suspicious. Right. So I still don't see anything. Like we buy stuff. Everybody has their bibs, so I'm like, maybe it is free. Maybe this is like that, that that bonus underground thing, like nobody talks about, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, listen, Jake, I am, I'm minutes away from texting, like opening up a group text with all my boys and being like, "Yo, what are your sizes? Y'all about to get New Balance stuff for Christmas? Like, about to come back everybody up." Right? We're gonna have matching like track suits. Like, we're gonna look like Russian mob. Period. Like yeah, this is yeah. thing. It's, like, I mean, it's perfect. Why? Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I'm walking like a two, like solid two minutes. I'm walking around. Two minutes is a long time, right? Mm-hmm. When you're and when you're confused, basically. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. When you when you know what's happening, sure. Yeah, you know. So two minutes is, is a long time when you're confused. So I finally get around the corner and I see like forty cash registers like lined up. Yep. I go, aha. I knew it. So, you know, I have a total of one t-shirt for my wife, one t-shirt for my daughter and a teddy bear. Right. So as I'm walking by, um, I hear a cash red, uh, cashier say that your total will be $7,827. I almost threw up for a second in my mouth and I turn around and like straight up they're swiping their card. So I'm like, that's, that's, that's bizarre. So mm-hmm. I get to my cash, cashier and I go, hey, man, I just heard somebody get rung up for like almost eight grand over there. He's like, oh, man, I've been doing this for like, you know, eight or nine years. He goes, most of that has like $17,000. I, and I just, I give him this face, like, like very confused, right? Yeah. yeah. And I go, what? And he says, oh, yeah, man. He goes, a lot of these people, national people they buy it and they take it back home and they sell it for double the price and again i, I have so many questions about this sure so i'm like wait a minute i go i go this is like new balance this isn't gucci right yeah I go, this is new I go, this stuff is made overseas it's like shipped here to the states you know from like the factory that you know that's housing you know six-year-olds making that in like nike air max you know, buttons, I guess. I don't, I don't know how child labor works overseas, but I imagine that's how it works. So I go, and then I go, and you're telling me they send it back. I go, and it's still cheaper. I go, and new balance has a presence like that. And and then, you know, again, like I'm, this guy's like, Oh my God. Like I wish this would have just gone another bit cash. <laughs> Why is he asking me all, like all these like off the wall questions? And he's like, yeah, man, like, that's just, that's what it is, bro. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, man, well, here's my stuff. He's like, yeah, it's $62. And like, even then, like I'm cringing at like $62 for two shirts and a teddy bear. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
you know, and I'm like, my hand is shaking as I'm giving him my, you know, my credit card. And, it's like, know, how many shirts did I get again? What'd you? Yeah. What'd you... I was like, are you sure? Like, this isn't like, I thought I saw like 20% off or something. Like, Am I getting like, you know, I'm running the race, right? Like, like I throw right. my in his face. Like I am somebody of importance. Yeah. Obviously I'm not. And that's not the case. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I get my stuff and I, and I, um, so, you know, the whole time I'm very much trying to go and not like, just go, you know, dumb food slut, right? I'm not, mm-hmm. I want to go eat hot dogs, right? Like I want to eat pizza. Like I want to do like all these New York things, right? I want to experience the city, but like at the same time, I'm a marathon, so I can't. Right. And it's like, it's like, you remember in that movie, New Jack City? Mm-hmm. Remember when Chris, uh, uh, Chris Rock's character, Pookie, is like working in a crack factory, right? And he's just <laughs> like, <laughs> he's struggling. Uh-huh. Like that was me. Like I'm Pookie walking through the crack factory that is New York City with like all this food. Like I smell chili dogs and like I smell pizza and you know like Greek food and you know like I'm like itching like Tyrone Bigums like Chappelle's guy. Uh-huh. You know my uh-huh. lips are starting to turn like crusty white and like I'm itching my my neck. So I go and like I eat right. You know I eat good and um. So I go, I visit a friend in Brooklyn on um, Saturday. Um, I'm home or back to the hotel super early. And um, because I had to meet my, um, the bus for, for the security station at like 530 in Union Square. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I go to bed early. I, you know, I carb up, I carb load with some um, New York pasta, like some rigatoni, like Mm. Like it was like, dude, was like two pounds of it they got, and um, and I'll, I'll even I'll shout my wife out for a moment. I ate it, and then I call her and I go, "Your rigatoni was better than what I had here." Ooh, it it really is. Like I I will I will give her that. It was like that rigatoni was good, but like my my wife can ball when it comes to to that stuff. So clearly, yeah. Right. And I just, you know, I wanted to get, I want to give her that. So, um, and of course I immediately took it away and I was like, but you know, uh, everything else is way better than yours. You know, <laughs> <laughs> now, I don't want to build her up like too much, you know? So anyway, go to sleep, wake up, you know, I got the jitters, you know, I'm up at like three 30 in the morning and, uh, you know, I shower, I got all my stuff laid out. And so you have to wear, they always recommend you wear like throwaway clothes, right? Because you're going to shed these layers, you know, before the race, you know, because it's super cold. Yeah. So everybody looks like a hobo, right? Before the race. So I um, I get a lift or cab to Union Square. They get there way earlier than I thought they were going to. So I'm like 45 minutes early, oh, dressed like a hobo in Union Square. So I fit right in. Right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. People are leaving me alone, right? And I just kind of like sit up, like at this, like sort of like lobby way of a bank. Um, there's, uh, there's rats, you know, running around like hand to God, there's rats, you know, like running around and, uh, they're my friends, you know, you know, we're talking a little bit before, you know, stuff goes So that way really is more of a defense mechanism to keep like the extra crazies away from me. If you wanted to mug me from like my, from my iPhone and my wallet, because, you know, I'm dressed like a hobo and I'm talking to rats. Yeah. 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 Yeah, So they're like, yeah, clearly this guy, we need to pass on him because he's just broke out of Bellevue or something. So and now finally, like other, my other friendly hobo runners, you know, start kind of pulling up. And one chick has like a full on like house robe, you know, it's That's like awesome. fleece line. 
Yeah, yeah. So it's it's really great. And you know, so we hop on the bus, we go to Staten Island, um, where the race starts. And there is what is really amazing to me is, you know, I'm from the south, right? From Charleston. Mm-hmm. And you know, we all, you know, everybody from up north has a stereotype of southerners, right? And everybody from the south generally has a, a stereotype of northerners, right? Mm-hmm. Um and the city of New York could not have broken that stereotype that I had, right? And it has been given to them, you know, for however many decades, more than they did for my experience up there. Really? I could not have run into I number one, I didn't see a person not smiling. Mm-hmm. I didn't see a person not welcoming. The NYPD was telling everybody, welcome, congratulations, it's race day. Are you excited? Now, also the National Guard is there with like AK-47s and there's like 10 NYPD helicopters in circulation. <laughs> like full-on dogs, bomb-snipping dogs, like the whole nine. Like it's it's very – rightly so it should be, right? It's very serious, especially after Boston. Mm-hmm. So like – but everybody has a smile on their face. Everybody's happy. Everybody's hyped. You know, so you go into like Runner's Village and Dunkin' Donuts is there giving away like Scully's and coffee free and there's bagel companies there and people giving out like i think it was dole is giving out bananas to everyone and like i mean all this stuff like honey stingers they're giving away like waffles and you know it's also cold as a witch's tit there too so you know everybody mm-hmm. has like those space blankets yeah yeah you know, wrapped up in them you know so they're there my heat didn't start uh until 11 a.m so you know i'm there like you know now at this point like you know eight in the morning morning i already ate my food i ate a bagel there um so basically like i'm just chilling right just kind of soaking it in and um you know listening to other people talk and you know and this kind of thing and uh also it's kind of funny like you know people are taking it super serious but like also at the same time like listen guys y'all are running at 11 a.m with me which is the last heat Mm -hmm. right we're all the scrubs okay like we're the scrubs right it's not that serious, right? You know, um, you can stop with the extra stretching, right? It's not going to help. Like, <laughs> you're not you're not running a, a, a sub three, day, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Like I I, I dig you know your effort, but like you know, like loosen up a little bit. So, but everybody's I mean very friendly, you know, and all that. So we go, we start, and race starts. Cannon goes off, which even though they tell you the cannon's about to go off, still scares the crap out of you. Yeah, um, like everybody just. You know, you get like the, the reverb coming off of it. And you start at the Verrazano Bridge. And um, you know, I'm running and I'm like short strides. And, you know, at this point I've shifted my – I just want to finish, right? I'm not going to hit any times that I want to hit because I'm injured. You know, I'm running, you know, jacked up on, you know, prednisone, hopes and dreams. <laughs> yeah. Right? And a belt full of like inferior pasta, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm running like 10 and a half minutes, miles, um, you know, I feel like the first, that's my pace, you know, I'm going up the bridge and the bridge actually wasn't really that bad. So I was like, man, all of Matthew's programming like has paid off because like my legs aren't tired. Like this isn't really all that bad. And everybody's like, they're huffing it and they're already complaining about their legs being bad. And I'm like, ah, oh, man, I'm, I'm money right now. Yeah. So I keep this bolt, son. Yeah. Right. And I'm just like, you know what? You guys look, look to me for the light. Yeah. Follow I, me, I Yes, I will lead you all. I am your shepherd now. I mean, you can call me Moses if you want, and it's fine, but like, I'm about to part 
the city. Yeah. Right. Uh, so I'm going to bring my flock in, right, at a blistering 10 and a half minute pace. Yeah. Yeah. Killing it. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, everybody draft behind me. I'm like, uh-huh. I'm the Jeff Gordon. Yeah. Right. I'm like, I'm uh, Ricky Bobby, right? You know, That's everybody right. is shaking and baking behind shake me. Shake and bake. Shake and bake. You got it. So this, you know, this, this high goes on for about six miles. And then seemingly a sniper out of nowhere uh, <laughs> shot me in the leg. <laughs> and all of a sudden, the hopes, the dreams, the belly full of pasta, it all came crashing down to my new reality of, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Now we have to power walk like we the golden girls oh jeez right like we're in the mall now power walking so i now immediately i'm limping like the pain is like somebody hit the switch and it's full blown right and i'm like oh my god so in my mind i'm like okay like you're here like you're not gonna not finish it just like don't stop if you have to walk walk faster if you're able to run run as fast as you can so basically that's what happened right mm-hmm. the remainder of the race so now I went from like a 10 and a half minute pace to like a 13 minute pace or so of just this hobble, right? Yeah. Like a toddler learning how to walk, mm-hmm. right? Is basically about what I look like the entire way. So it sort of was a blessing in disguise in the fact that now I'm able to sort of enjoy the race a little bit more, like the scenery. Mm-hmm. Because listen, man, ain't shit moving fast at this point. Right. right. I really soak it in now. It's like I'm on like a, a candlelight tour of the city. Every crack in the pavement. Yeah. I I see every empty Gatorade crushed up, you know, cup, you know, (laughs) like I'm stopping off. I'm getting recipes from people who are are telling me about their Facebook pages, you know, like all this stuff. Like that's the kind of pace I'm at. And, but here's the cool part. The energy there is. So people told me about how electric, New York is right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How people are out there and all this stuff. Right. And I'm just kind of like, yeah, 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 whatever. I sort of sure. I have never experienced something like I did when I was in New York. Mm. They were 10, 11 people deep on each side of the road. Yeah. The entire way. Jeez. Listen, that's not an exaggeration. This is just very literal. And anybody who's ever been there to run it or cheer it will tell you the same thing. Yeah. And all of these, these thousands and thousands and thousands of strangers, strangers, New Yorkers, right? The yeah. most hardened people in America are telling me that they love me, oh. <laughs> screaming at me to not give up, to not quit, that yeah. I can do it. That they believe in me, they're wanting to touch my hand, and it's like Justin Timberlake has touched their hand, like a celebrity has touched their hand. Mm. Like they're giving you life, and this is what I imagine like being a celebrity is like. Like honestly, like not yeah, even not yeah. like it's intoxicating the energy that you're getting from these people. So so many times I stop my my music, I stop my headphones just so I could feed like off this crowd and like get that wind from the crowd. Right. So it's like this until you get to Williamsburg, Brooklyn. 
So if you've ever been to New York and you know anything about that area, that's mm-hmm. where um, the, the Hasidic Jewish community is, right? Okay. Um, uh, the Orthodox Jews are there. So Sunday is, um, is Sabbath, right? So there's nobody out on Sunday, right? So when you kind of – they always say like when you get to Williamsburg, kind of kick your music back on because there ain't nobody in the streets, mm-hmm. right? And it, it's absolutely true. So it gives you time. Put your playlist back on. Hype yourself back up off of uh, whatever, man. Taylor Swift or Whitney Houston or Jay-Z, yeah. whatever, man, whatever your thing is. Um, so once you get out of Williamsburg, then it's like a switch. Like you literally go like from opening up a door to like being in a quiet room to opening up a door and like you're at the Super Bowl. <laughs> so people are screaming again. They're screaming your name. You're going. So I'm like, okay, you know, I'm hobbling around and I hit about mile 20. So I'm taking these gels. Right, mm-hmm. they have about yeah. millions of caffeine in them each, right? And they're, they're, they're really the only thing kind of giving me life at this point. Well, then at about mile twenty, which is funny because everybody says like that's the wall, like that's the marathon wall. You mile twenty is like really where you, you know, where you make your money, like if you're going to finish it or not. Uh-huh. For me, mile twenty, my chest got tight. Oh, and I was like, oh my god, is this how it happens? This is it. Heart attack is like. So I'm looking around like, you know, I'm not smelling burnt toast. Like I'm not feeling like there's, I'm getting numbness like in my left side. Mm-hmm. So I look at my watch and my pulse and I'm like 153, which for me is like super low when running. So I'm like, okay, like I'm not having a stroke. I'm not in some kind of like sinus, you know, you know, rhythm or whatever. So. I'm like, okay, maybe it's just all the caffeine I'm ingested, you know, the 500 milligrams of caffeine I've had, you know, the past few yeah, hours. Sure. So I kind of, okay, like I started breathing, like, all right, I'm fine. And then, like, this miraculous thing happens. Like, my leg stops hurting. So I'm like, oh my God, I don't have pain in my leg anymore. Like, is this God smiling down on me? Like, having his mercy saying, hey, I put him through enough now. Like, yeah, you're healed. Like, let me hook my boy up for a moment. Mm hmm. Or have I severed a nerve, right? <laughs> so, something has happened. And I'm be. like, I'm never. Yeah, like, let's get it. So I, start, I, I pick up the pace. I'm like, whatever, man. Like, if I have a broken leg or severed nerve or whatever has happened to my leg, I'm going to I'm gonna yeah, run, run it like, out. Yeah, I'm going to run it out. Well, I had a mile for that. And then the pain came right back. Oh. So like, okay, so now we're back at this, you know, to this life. So, uh, you know, I keep going and I'm just – I'm looking at my watch and now I have the, you know, I have some of the best friends, most supportive friends, like my, my, my boys and my girls, they're the ride or die. Right. And the whole time they're texting me, Hey man, like this is your pace, this, like you can do it. Move your skinny ass. Right. Like yeah. too slow. You know, because I, you know, in wads, but like you, like I thrive off of being berated and belittled. Mm-hmm. Right. That's how I get motivated. I want people to scream at me. Like I want people to yell at me, call me names, right? Like assault my manhood. Like that's how, that's what motivates me. Right? <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Right? Some people aren't like that, but I, I'm like that. Right. So like, I need this, like this is giving me fuel. You know, people tell me how much I suck. People tell me how slow I am and like, you know, uh, assaulting my manhood. Like this is what I need. These are the motivating quotes that I need. Mm-hmm. So every mile I've got, you know, great friends, um, you know, who are doing this for me. So I come around, you know, finally about a half mile or so I'm making like this squeaking noise. Right. And I think it's just, my lungs are about to die. 
Sure. You know, it's yeah. more like a like a heh, heh, heh. wheezing. Uh-huh. Yeah, like a like a wheeze, like a smoker's wheeze or something. And uh, uh, my buddy Ronnie, who owns Starbucks, calls me on the phone. Right, I'm running, and he calls me. You know, any normal runner would have like sent him to voicemail, but right. I answer sure. the phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm answering. Like, oh, you're almost there, man, and I'm like. <laughs> I mumbled something. Honestly, I can't even remember what I said, right? Uh-huh. It's just some gibberish, like Billy Madison type gibberish. And uh, I hang, I was like, oh, I'll call you back. You know, I hang up and um, I keep going because I thought I had like a half mile left. I still had like another, I don't know, like mile and a half left. So uh-huh. the misery is still there. Like the sun is now beginning to set. I'm on pace to finish oh, under hours at this point. Yeah. Right. You know, far off from the time that I wanted to finish. So. I get, I come across the finish line and I'm triumphant, right? I'm still sort of able to walk and I had checked my bags and, um, I had to go get my bag check. Right. So I, you know, I somehow muster a smile to take the picture, right. With mm-hmm. my metal, my metal. And, um, I hobble along and I'm like, oh, I really need to sit down. But then I'm like, nah, dude, if you sit down, like you're not going to get up, like literally you're not going to get yeah. up. Yeah. So I get my bag and then they had you're supposed to get this poncho and it's a very nice poncho right it's like fleece lined and whatnot and like there's these poncho girls and they have like signs up and this is like poncho this way well then like another i don't know 100 feet there's another girl with a sign poncho this way i must have passed like eight of those girls mm-hmm. no poncho so you have to go outside of central park right you have to walk up this hill outside oh, central geez. park which I don't know was probably another sixty miles long. Is what it seemed like. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Right. I'm looking for like jazzy scooter rentals, just like to get up there at this point. Mm-hmm. And they're nowhere to be found, which I think is a huge, um, you know, uh, blow to you know, the roadrunners of New York. I mean, they really it's an opportunity they could really grasp on to have mm-hmm. like scooters for people elderly like myself. So <laughs> I, I get to the top of the hill and I see the people. I see the poncho people and they're. There's hundreds of people there and they're just passing out these punches. So I get up and I just, you know, I'm just, I'm defeated at this point. Right. I'm just, mm-hmm. my blood sugar's low. I'm about to pass out. I haven't eaten anything since, you know, 8 a.m. that morning. Just nothing but like caffeine is what I'm being fueled on. So I get there and I kind of just, I hand my, I put my hands out to the, the poncho girl and she looks at me and she says, Oh, do you have the, like the ticket on your bib for the poncho? And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. So I like lift up my shirt to show her my bib. She's like, oh, I'm sorry. You don't have that. You don't get the poncho. Oh. So there's a dude behind her. And he's probably six foot five, right? And I just – I had this look of like, like disappointment. Like – I mean the worst disappointment. Like I just found out like so many things didn't exist in my life, right? Yeah, yeah. And he sees this. And he gives me like this nod, right? So I kind of like take my hand, my right hand, and I put it to her cheek. And I literally mush her out of my way, <laughs> right? <laughs> and, I, and, and I go to this, this mammoth of a man. And he says, hey, man, you were just giving these things out to everybody. Man, I don't know why she's giving you a hard time. Bro, I got you. And I just look at him. And I'm like, like the gratitude that I had in my eyes, like – I look like Baby Yoda. Yeah. Baby Yoda? Yeah, it's not really Baby Yoda, but we don't have to talk about that right now. Yeah, yeah, right? So The, the child. 
The child yeah. is what it's called. The child. That, that, that's right. You're right, right? So the child, <laughs> you breed Yoda, right? Of Yoda thing. Yeah. That's what I look like. That's the look I had in my eyes. So this dude, he puts his hands on my shoulders and he like turns me around to where my back is to him, right? And with such care, he puts the the the, the poncho around me, right? Mm-hmm. Then like my mother, he like puts his hands back on my shoulders and like turns me around like facing him, right? And then he takes the Velcro and like lovingly like Velcros it on me, right? So in one hand, I have my swag bag full of like water and apples, shit mm-hmm. like that. The other hand, I've got like, you know, all my stuff that I took with me to the runner's village. And then he reaches around. He puts the hood on me, right? Like with such care. He says, I got you, dog. <laughs> right? And I have, I have never had a, a, a look of affection for another man like I had for this dude. Yeah, I mean, it sounds <laughs> like you guys really had a moment. I don't. We did, we did, right? Ah, man, yeah. I'm like, like Hallmark. Like, I just mouthed like, "I love you." Yeah, like I love you, <laughs> right? So like, and basically, like he shoves me, like sends me on my way, right? You know, yeah. like I'm a strip on you know another like geriatric, and so I stumble out of Central Park, and I'm like, okay. I need to get a cab. You know, I'm just like wobbling around. Like how I, you know, I keep saying the word like toddler, but like, if you've ever seen a toddler learn how to walk, like it's exactly what I look like. Sure. Right. I stink. Right. Like, you know, six hours of mediocrity as you can imagine what that smells like. Mm -hmm. Right. And like, sort of like caffeine and like a little bit of rigatoni that's, you know, somehow like permeated through my skin. (laughs) So I get out of central park and I look and, the police have everything shut down. I can't get a cab. I now had to proceed to walk like a drunken hobo for the next three blocks to where I could get somewhere where I could call a cab. Mm-hmm. So I finally, like I stumble out there and like everybody, like all these normal runners, right. These mere mortals are just like laughing it up, having a great time. I already have beer in their hands, you know, and they're just like walking like normal people. I wanted to trip them all. Right. Yeah. yeah. Because how dare you walk normal after this endeavor? Like you should be living like, yeah, you're showboating. That's exactly right. Like, okay. Yeah. Mr. You know, I'm not, I'm cool and I can walk regular, you know, whatever. (laughs) I hope a rock is in your shoe right now and you can't, you know, I even wished on one person, like, I hope that every pair of jeans you ever wear, you take them out of the dryer. They always have that like permanent wrinkle in them and you can never get it out. There you go. That's the type of like misery I was wishing on these people. Yeah, take that. Yeah, take that. Like, I hope your clothes are constantly wrinkled the rest of your life. So, <laughs> so I, I get the cab, and what was normally like a fifteen minute ride, now a forty five minute ride, because guess what? There's you know th- hundred thousand people out there. Mm-hmm. I'll try to get back to the hotel. So, I almost pass and puke in the you know in the hotel in the the cab because my blood sugar is like you know crazy low, diabetic levels. Yeah, I somehow. Yeah. Yeah. So another kind of, you know, little fun fact, I booked my hotel so far in advance. I got like this great rate mm-hmm. as it turns out, it's a super fancy hotel that um, Marilyn Monroe and Joe DiMaggio once lived in for like a year when they were married. It's Lexington. Yeah. There you go. Right. So it's so fancy. There is a champagne vending machine in the lobby. Mm-hmm. It's a block from the Waldorf. Right. Well, whatever. I got common man prices because I had booked out like seven months, right? So 
I get there and there's all these fancy people in the lobby and they're in tuxedo tails and they're getting ready to go to, you know, God knows what things fancy people do in New York city. Right. So I stumbled, you know, like looking like a hobo because I now kind of look like Batman because I've got a hood over, you know what I mean? Or I look like, uh, like Luke Skywalker, right. When he first becomes mm-hmm. like Jedi, but like not as cool. Get to my room. And I immediately DoorDash like two Mountain Dews and a famous raised pizza. Yeah. And I put in the notes, bring to my hotel, uh, to the room. I will give you a cash tip because at this point I don't want to leave. Yeah. So I draw a bath, right? Like what normal, you know, AARP future, you know, discount members are going to get. Mm-hmm. So draw the bath, very nice bath. And I get in cause I'm cold and I hurt three minutes. I'm in the bath and the phone rings. Oh my God. So I get out and I get out and I answer the phone. Hey, Mr. Farley, we've got uh, a delivery down here. I go, yeah, yeah, send them up. You know, it's okay. And they're like, yeah, sorry. We can't send people to hotel rooms here. Deliver oh, people. Oh. And I go, but it's okay. And they hang up on me. So I'm now, you know, soaking wet from like my belly button down. I just mm-hmm. grab a pair of joggers, throw them on my shoes. I don't lace them and a hoodie. I just zip the hoodie up, right? No shirt underneath, right? Because I'm, I'm redneck style. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I hobble down. Now I'm in the hotel. I'm in the the um, in the elevator going down, and I look, and I'm just like the whole front of my pants. Like I have this junk imprint, right? Mm-hmm. Wet mm-hmm. junk on the front. Yeah, oh, yeah. Ass crack wet from the tub because I didn't dry off, right? My I still stink. Mine. I go and I meet a delivery person for two Mountain Dews in the hotel lobby, right? Amidst all of these super fancy people. And uh, I just, you know, I turn around and I'm just like, whatever. I'm, you know, my shoes are untied. People are speaking German everywhere I go. Get back in my, in the room. And I was like, you know what? I just need to take a shower because they're not going to let my pizza come up here. So shower up, pizza comes, go down, get the pizza. I'm, you know, a little more presentable at this point. And I sit and I open the pizza up. And I have, you know, I'm ready. Like, you know, the, the, the post-marathon meal that everybody talks about, right? It's mm-hmm. here, right? I have a high-price hooker in my room. I eat two pieces. And, like, I don't have an appetite. Like, yeah. I can't eat. Because, you know, you're either ravenous or, like, it takes a couple hours for you to want to eat. Well, apparently, it's me. I have to take a couple hours before I can eat. So that was the worst. I had this gorgeous pizza sitting in my lap. I can eat two pieces, although I, you know, those Mountain Dews went down faster than a fat kid on a seesaw, mm-hmm. you know, but the pizza just like sat there and just like stared at me. You know, I ate it for yeah. breakfast. I'm not going to let it go to waste, but. I mean, yeah. they're pretty big slices too, though. I mean. Yeah, like it's good, you know. Yeah. So anyway, so like, you know, so that was that, you know, and everybody's like, oh, you know, they like to, you know, everybody after their marathon, they want to go out and drink and all that stuff. I just wanted to cry in my pillow. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Right. All I wanted to do, like, you know, and everybody, all my family and friends, you know, they've been texting, I had like almost a hundred text messages, you know, some replying back to everybody. And, you know, it's, it's awesome that so many people gave me such support. And, um, you know, so that, you know, that part of it. So the next day is what they call Medal Monday. If you finish the race, you get a medal. Mm-hmm. Everybody wears their medal, right? You go to work. You know, wherever. So I put mine on and I, you know, go to JFK. 
I'm in the airport and I'm almost getting mobbed by people telling me how proud of me they are, congratulating, <laughs> slapping me on the back. Like, listen, no less than 15 to 20 people did this to me. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to think that I was special, but I wasn't because, you know, everybody else is flying back on Monday. Everybody in the airport who had their medal on, it was the same thing. We were treated like rock stars. Yeah. I even had a dude in the terminal literally walk right off the plane, sees me, comes straight up to me, shakes my hand, pats me on the back, and tells me congratulations. <laughs> cool. This dude, it was bizarre. Yeah. But in a good way, right? It was bizarre in a good way. Because I have never experienced that before in my life. The amount of positivity, um, the amount of smiles that I saw in New York City was just – it was phenomenal, and it was a borderline spiritual experience. Mm. Yeah. It was just, it was great. So like, I'm, I'm pumped up, like achieve me, like I'm Justin Timberlake. I get on the plane and I fly home to Charleston. It's Monday, right? The terminal is jam packed full of people. So I come off the airplane with my, and the metal is. And I got my, uh, my uh, new balance, New York marathon shirt on. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm about that life. Right. And I, I'm like a peacock. I come off of the, off the, the plane and I see all these people, right, expecting, you know, everyone to want my autograph, obviously. Right. Yeah, sure. And people to, like, buy me drinks, shower me with gifts, like, almost like we're in Hawaii. Like, I wanted, like, you know, uh, palmetto roses, like, made of lace. Like, I wanted mm-hmm. all these things. And everybody looked at me like I was, like, a special person. But not special in the way that I just, like, completed, like, you know, a race. Special, like, I had something wrong with me in the head. Mm-hmm. And like my handler somehow had not taken me off my leash. I got some of the oddest looks by people and like I'm peacocked out and I'm like the metal is swinging like I'm ludicrous, right? At a mm-hmm. concert, like a midget around my neck and everybody's looking at me like I'm weird. So that was like a quick slap in the face. I was like, what? But Welcome obviously back to reality. Yeah, exactly right, man. Like, hey, guess what, buddy? You're back to the real world now. Like, go to work. Mm-hmm. Like, you're nobody special anymore. So, I get up out of the uh, the airport and I'm walking to the elevator and I'm hobbling, like you know, the whole time. I'm, you know, I'm like about to cry because I forgot where I parked, you know. And I see this girl and she's about to like close the elevator door and she's like, "Hey, do you want me to hold the elevator?" And I was like, "Yes," you know. So I hobble to her and she says, "Hey, congratulations on the race." I'm like, oh, thanks. She's like, yeah, I ran it too. And I looked at her like with this, the meanest face. And I was like, well, why aren't you limping? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I go, where is your medal? She's like, oh, you know, I've run it a couple times. Like, you know, it's no big deal. But like, you know, good for you. And I was like, I had this just this distrust of this this random woman that I saw because she wasn't, you know, wasn't limping, you know, pouting like a big baby like I was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So she's a real athlete, you know, so (laughs) unlike (laughs) someone pretending to be one like myself. Right. Yeah. Yeah, man. So like, you know, that was it. And just, I just, I couldn't get over the experience and like, it honestly, man, it made me feel like, you know, the race is just a victory lap. Honestly, the experience is everything leading up to that. Mm -hmm. Right. It's the people that you meet. It's, you know, the money that I raised, it's the process, right? You know, and I look back like, you know, it's that process. And I can, I see myself right now, man, sitting on that path, six in the morning, man, like 
my head, you know, in, in my hands, like having like a moment, you know what I mean? Yeah. And like, but I needed that, you know? And I think, yeah, we all should have like a type of moment like that where we have to doubt ourselves, right? Like you have to have that doubt, like, you know, Matt Frazier or Kipchoge or, you know, all these, these great athletes, like, you know, we just see that tip of the iceberg, man. Like, I don't see Matt down in his basement, man, like, doing wall balls for hours, you know what I mean, or killing the assault bike. Like, I don't see that, yeah. you know. Like, but I know he, you know, I know he has those moments of doubt. You know, it's what makes us human. And I think that at some point or another, like, no matter what you do, like, you have to, man, woman, like, you have to experience, like, that doubt and overcome it. Mm-hmm. But come on the other side, like, smarter, stronger, you know what I mean? But also more capable, like mentally, like, you know, I say marathons, man, it's a mental thing. And it really is. It's not for a mentally weak, but you can build that strength Yeah. over time. You know, you, it's for anybody, anybody can do it. Anybody can do it, you know? And, you know, I learned a lot about myself, you know, about doing it. And, you know, and so many people around me, like we're, you know, they were so positive, you know, and I think, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe I, somebody to go run a mile you know i like to think i did you know what i mean because you know sure. they saw me like well man hell if chris can do it man like i can do it you know let me just let me just start you know you got to start somewhere like anybody can start anywhere but like you just have to show up right and you mm-hmm. have to have a plan and like just put in the work you know nobody's asking you to to you know go to the games like nobody's asking you to you know what i mean like run a you know two-hour marathon or anything like that like I just ask you to be like a better version of yourself, like every day. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like that's it. It's a, you know, it's, you know, just your decision every day, you know? Yeah. You know what I mean? And you know, you also have to find like, what's going to move you. You know what I mean? Like what's going to, like, what's your motivator? Like, why do you get up? You know, why do you get out of bed? Like, like what, what you, you know, it's, you know, it's being a father, it's being a husband. It's, at this kind of point in my life, you know, I've kind of realized like if you're going to start doing things like big things, like don't wait till Monday. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Don't wait till Monday, man. Like start on a, on a Thursday, start Mm -hmm. on a, right. Don't wait till January 1st, you know, like surround yourself with people that make you level up. You know what I mean? Like make you, they hold you accountable for like the goals that you set. You know what I mean? Like, you know, if your circle, I mean, if it doesn't inspire you, man, you don't have a circle, bro. You got a cage. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you know, be around this, you know, positive people, you know? And if you have to space yourself for people that you love that, you know, that don't have like, not so much your best interest, but like they don't have the mind, like a positive mindset to like help you reach your goals. Mm-hmm. It's, it sucks, man. But like, sometimes that's, that's what you have to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because they can tend to be like cements on your shoes. They can be like mud on your shoes, man. Like you get enough mud on your boots, like it's heavy. Yeah. You can't move fast, you know? So yeah, man. So that's kind of, that's kind of my thing. And, um, you know, I listened to a guy, um, did you know, Eric Thomas, have you Mm -hmm. guys ever listened to him? Mm -mm. No, Um, um, I'm about to blow your mind. So he's called the hip hop preacher. Mm -hmm. Right. And he has, um, I'll send it to you on YouTube and you can look him up. One of his things is he tells a story about a guru. 
right? And uh, I'll tell you the story, but it's not it's not as good as him, right? But like this is a guy I listen to. Um, he's like one of the top like motivational speakers. Like he's right up there with like Tony Robbins. You know what I mean? Yeah. But he's on a different like like a different level. Like I identify more with this guy and what he says than like I do with Tony Robbins. And it's like Tony Robbins because the guy can you know have you run through a brick wall in five minutes of talking to him. But so he tells the story of this guru, right? So there's this kid, young man, and he sees this guru making, right? And he so he goes to the guru and he says, "Hey, man, like." I see you out here making money. Like I want to make money. Like I want to be like you. I want to be successful. Like I want to do what it takes. So the guru looks at him and is like, Oh, so you want to be like me? He's like, yeah, I want to be like you. And he's like, all right. So you want to make money like me? He's like, yeah. He's like, like you're willing to do anything, like anything I tell you to do, like you're willing to do it. And he's like, yeah, man, like I'm about that life. Like I'm making, you know, I want to see you know, making money. Like let's get it. Mm-hmm. It was like, all right, man, all right, kid, I got you. Tell you what, I want you to meet me at the beach 4 a.m. tomorrow morning, right? And the kid's like, what? Like, what am I going to learn at the beach at 4 a.m. in the morning? Like, this guy's kind of crazy, but, like, he's making money, so I'm going to listen to him, right? Because I want to make money. So kid shows up 4 a.m. at the beach in a suit, right? Because, like, he's trying to make good impressions and all this stuff. So guru's there, right? And they're at the edge of the, of the ocean, right? The waves are kind of coming in at their feet. So he's like, all right, man, like, what's, you know, what are we doing out here? The guru's like, do you want to be successful? And the kid's like, yeah, man, like, I'm here, right? The guru's like, all right, like, you want to make money? He's like, why does he keep asking this? Like, yeah, bro, like, let's get it. He's like, all right, man, take my hand. Walk out here with me. So they start walking out into the water. Kid's like, man, something's up, right? Like, what is dude doing? So he's like, they walk out, they're up to their knees now. The kid's in a suit. Right. The whole nine. So they walk out and he's like, come out here. He's like, you, you still want to be successful? And he's like, yeah, I do. He's like, walk out further with me. So the kids like, man, this dude's crazy. So they walk out a little bit further, man. So he gets out and they're like up to the chest now at this point. He's like, you came to me yesterday and you said you want to be successful. Kids like, yes. He's like, you want to do what it takes to be successful. Kids like, yes. The guru grabs his head, the kid's head and shoves to the water. And the kid is freaking out, right? And he holds him there. And he's holding him there. And the kid, so many things are going through the kid's mind, right? So many things. But, like, now it's, like, panic. Like, yeah. anything about nothing else. Panic is going through your mind. Like, I think, like, this guru is going to kill me. Right. This is how it ends. This is, this is it, right? Like, I messed up. Just before he's about to pass out, guru jerks him back up, right? Kid takes that, you know, that breath, like, <clears throat> You know, like, oh, my God, I got, you know, that first breath is the best. Mm-hmm. So he so you sat there and told me you want to do what it takes, right? And he's kids like, and he goes, when you're ready to do what it takes, when you want to succeed, tell me what you were thinking about just then when you were under the water. He's like, what did you want to do? He's like, did you want to go to a basketball game? He's like, nah. He's like, did you want to go watch some TV? And he's like, no. He's like, tell him what you're thinking. He's like, what did you want the most? I was holding you under the water. He's like, I just wanted to breathe, man. He says, exactly. He says, when you want to be as successful as you want to breathe, remember that feeling again, then you'll be successful. Hmm. Yeah. And if you've ever thought like on that, 
extreme of a case. Have you ever gone underwater, man, and held your breath like so long, like as a kid or as an adult, just to see? And like you get to that point, and then you come up, you take that breath, right? Mm-hmm. That's like that. That's that's deep. That's serious. But like, if you know the feeling, like if you want to be as successful as you want to breathe, then you'll be, you know, that's successful. Yeah. Right. So like, you know, I listen and I hear stuff like that. And then I'm like, man, like, why am I not doing more? You know, mm-hmm. you know, so like these are things that kind of go through my head. Like, no, nah, you know, don't wait till Monday, man. Like, do it now. You know, so, you know, I've had some cool opportunities kind of come my way, um, you know, based on this whole marathon thing. Like people have taken notice. Um, you know, you guys have given me an opportunity to kind of tell my story, which I don't know, man. I hope it, you know it inspires somebody to go out and run, or just go out and try something new. Like, you know, start you know hitting their bucket list. Yeah, start stuff on a Saturday, man. Start it on a Tuesday. You know, so like that's you know that's me, man. I mean, that's that's kind of what drives me, and that's you know, that's my mindset. And you know, thankfully, man, I'm surrounded by a lot of people who have very similar mindsets. You know, they want to succeed, they want to see you succeed, and like when I win, they win. When they win, mm-hmm. I win. A rising yeah. tide lifts all boats, you know. Sure. Yeah. So no, that's, that's a that's a blessing for sure. Yeah, man. So yeah, so that's that's kind of me, you know. And I was listening to you and uh, um, your podcast the other day. Yeah, with um, Roy. Yeah, with Roy. You know, and I kind of thought about you know you guys. You're talking about like you know getting back in the gym. You know what I mean? Getting back in, you know, powerlifting and just kind of like making that time and like you know just like ah, like I gotta I gotta do it. Mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, you know, just you know, kind of get out of your own way, you know, and like, you know, and just do it, you know? And I thought about that because I have the, you know, I have those thoughts all the time too, man, you know, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, I think, you know, as we get older, it's, you know, it's, it's tough, man. Like life gets in the way, you know, but you have to, you have to, we have to be better about making time for ourselves and being kind of, you know, the new buzzword now is like self care. Right. But right. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, like we have to take care of ourselves. Like, so I can be a better dad. I can be a better husband. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I can be a better son, you know, so on and so forth. Like if I'm not, you know, being my best or doing my best or, you know, I hear doing the most, like, I think I feel like I'm doing them a disservice, right? Because I'm not living up to my potential, you know, physically, mentally, you know what I mean? These, these things that we accomplish, they put us in a good mental space, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, overcoming adversity always, always does, you know? Yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know, so that's kind of it. Um, you know, what kind of, you know, what kind of questions do you have for me kind of based on that stuff? Well, I, uh, never want to do a marathon. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it sounded like pure joy for you. Um, I'm not sure that that's the thing for me, but, uh, uh, I, I, <laughs> there was a, yeah, there was, there was a time when I, I ran cause I had to, um, but that was about it. Yeah. I used uh, to run when chased, I mean, that's really about it. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I'm, I'm super impressed with anybody that can do, uh, do marathons or anything like that. Not, not necessarily just physically. I, I, I know the mental toll that it takes to do things for long periods of time and, um, and still complete them. I um, have a newfound respect for people who have, completed or run a marathon mm-hmm. like i i i mean jesus man they're just they're superhuman yeah you know yeah, absolutely my hat goes off to anybody who's who's completed one now that i've experienced it firsthand mm-hmm. i mean it's it's wild to me yeah yeah 
Yeah, it's it's definitely a, a whole whole other deal. The closest I've come to it is doing century rides on a bike, and uh, that's the uh, you know it, it just yeah it's a whole other deal. Yeah, you know it really is, and uh, so now like marathon's been done for. I'm finally kind of like the pain is pretty much going away. I think I'm almost all the way healed up. But the best part about all this, like I'm, you know, I was kind of burnt out a little bit from everything marathon training and everything, all things marathon. Mm -hmm. I got the barbell back in my hand again. Mm. So I started a comp train, um, like three weeks ago, give or take. And, uh, man, I had no idea how much I missed like cycling the barbell, having barbell back in my hand again, like all that work, like I'm back with my peeps, just like <laughs> and you know, like yeah. chalk, you know, just the, you know, the chalk and filthy hands, you know, having that barbell again. God, I missed it, man. Like I mm. missed it so much. Like I'm so happy to be back on it again, you know? And, uh, you know, of course, like all my boys, you know, they're happy because, you know, we got our bro sesh back again. Right. The, the now, team is reunited. Yeah, man, the band is back, you know, so like that's cool. Um, you know, and I've got another aspect of fitness that I can kind of help, you know, kind of relate to people. But um to start a comp train again. Um I am in the lottery right now running for Chicago. The Chicago Marathon is October eleventh. Okay. Uh, so I'll find out this Thursday if I make it. Oh wow. Now, yeah. If I don't make the lottery for Chicago, I'm very, very, very um, seriously considering, uh, Berlin, um, oh, Berlin is super fast. It's a fast course. Um, it's right smack in the middle of Oktoberfest, which is a huge bonus. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Right. right. It'd be super awesome. Um, I'd have to go the charity route with Berlin. Right. So kind of go back to that again, you know, try to raise some money, uh, again for another charity, mm-hmm. which is exhausting, but rewarding at the same time. It's, you know, it's, it's one of those things. Um, it's a lot of work, man. It's a lot of work. Like when you make that commitment to, you know, raise money for a charity, like God, I, I tell you, make sure you're surrounded by a lot of, a lot of people who can help, yeah, you know, rich people. things like that, because like, it's a lot to do just on yourself and you can't, can't rely on like Facebook pan, uh, panhandling, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. like that doesn't work, you know, and to a little bit of a degree it does, but like big picture, not so much, like a little mm-hmm. bit. Right. Um, yeah. And uh, just actually in the past couple of days, man, I've uh, hooked up with a, a local company. Uh, you'll kind of find this interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, a company called Helios. Helios. And Helios. You need to look them up. I'm actually going to send you. Um, we I get like off I've, I've heard of them before. They are a new company that does a CBD recovery drink. Mm-hmm. It's called Revive. Okay. It's got... Um, Tons of caffeine in it, which, you know, of course, is always awesome. Um, 25 milligrams of CBD. Um, they're a local Charleston company. And um, I just, the guy, uh, one of the guys who runs it is a Green Beret. Oh, cool. Right? Partner, also Green Beret. Bunch of badass dudes. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been like, kind of with uh, other businesses with CBD, um, like a dog treat company. You yeah. know, like CBD treats for dogs and that kind of thing. But Helios, Helios is their new thing. And uh, I partnered up with them and uh, ground floor, man, like these guys, they've only been around about six months. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now it, it tastes amazing. I'm going to send you some 
Ooh, um, awesome. I just, yeah, dude, I just got some last night. I was actually, um, at their spot, uh, till I mean like almost 11 o'clock last night, you know, BSing with them and talking and kind of getting on the same page and yeah. So, you know, like kill cliff has come out with their CBD thing. Yeah. Um, these guys actually, and I, I found this out last night, kind of finding out about the company. They were first to the market. Oh, wow. With, yeah. With a CBD recovery drink. So, if anybody knows anything about, you know, this is kind of the new thing. Um, mm-hmm. recovery too. Yeah, bro. They're good for CrossFit people, just athletes in general. Also good for like hangovers. Mm. You know I mean, that's like, that's like one of that little hidden thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> nobody really talks about that, but yeah, awesome for hangovers. But um, yeah, so great for recovery, you know, CBD good for, you know, anti-inflammatory, you know, properties and, you know, all that other stuff. Um, tastes amazing. Um it's a great flavor. It kind of tastes like, uh, have you ever had bang like, um, the purple haze bang? Yeah. It kind of tastes like that, but not quite as strong. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, you know, I'm, I don't like fit aid, no slight to them. I don't like the taste. Okay. Yeah. I also don't like Red Bull. I don't like the taste of that. I taste a Robitussin to me. Yeah. I don't right? like Red Bull. I'm like, I'm kind of picky when it comes to like tastes, mm-hmm. you know? And now bang, I love bang. Right. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I was pleasantly surprised. Like when I first tried it, I was like, Oh my God, like this is, this is legit. Like this stuff is really good. And he's guy was like, I told you it's good, man. Like I'm telling you. <laughs> and I was like, I it really is good. You know, and he was like, I told you. So anyway, um, I'm going to send you some up there so you can try it out. But, uh, so we've got some really big things, um, you know, uh, teamed up with them to, you know, kind of get, get it out, get it in the market. You know, they're small, they're not kill cliff. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, small company. So we're trying to get some traction and I think we got a lot of big stuff coming along the horizon with them and uh, super cool guys, man. Anything, anytime you can support like veteran, com- veteran owned companies and you know um, like the guys that uh, like you guys, like Tango Charlie, like, you know, those guys, mm-hmm. and they got you know tons of cool stuff. They're vet owned. I love those guys over there. Um, yeah. So that's kind of some you know, new stuff that I got going on. Yeah. That's and, really cool. Uh, yeah, man. So super cool. So like I said, I'll send you some stuff there and um you know, also uh, another thing, uh, I went to a function on Friday nights, uh, with oblique magazine here locally mm-hmm. and, um, cool fitness magazine. Um, they're really entrenched in the local community here. And, um, you know, kind of once we get done with this podcast, we're going to send the info over to them and then uh, hopefully we're going to get some, uh, something in print with the magazine for me. Um, you know, you guys, um, you know, Helios and the, the kind of the marathon talk and all that stuff too. So to kind of bring more attention to, you know, the whole thing. Very and, good. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. So like all this stuff, you know, kind of when it happens it all just those, those opportunities, you got to, you know, kind of jump on them. And I think that uh, now's a really good time. If we can you know, bring a lot of attention to some cool stuff and, you know, hopefully like old out of shape people like myself can like identify with what I'm doing, you know, like just yeah. show up and do work and, you know, I'm not special. You know, I work hard, right? I got good work ethic, and I think that's what makes me special. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not doing remarkable shit, you know, but I'm showing up and I'm getting a little bit better every day. <laughs> yeah, that's really all we can ask for at this age. Really. Sure, sure. Well, you, you know, know, it's and, and you have a, you know, anytime you get to, a chance to sit down and have somebody tell them about a time that they've overcome whatever that was, whether that's you know physical ailments or mental ailments or anything that's generally people use as an excuse to hold them back. I mean, it's inspirational. Like you, you want to, you feel like you can maybe have a chance to succeed next time as opposed to 
feeling defeated and, and all those things. And so, you know, just the, the message alone of getting through to, to meet your goals and to reach your goals and maybe even surpass your goals is, is a great story to share, you know? Yeah. You know, and I was, you know, I'm so glad and, you know, and bless you guys were, you know, an honor to y'all have me on, you know, just to kind of talk about my story. I mean, anybody who would think that my story is interesting. I mean, that's, you know, if it's just one person, man, like that's, you know, I'm honored, you know, it's a great opportunity to, you know, to talk about it. And, you know, like I said, if anybody has any takeaways from it, you know, that's, that's great, you know, and if anybody has, you know, any questions, you know, or wants to reach out to me about like, like, bro, how do I get started? Or, you know, like there was a time where I, I, you know, I struggled with this, like, you know, I'm like you, like I had that moment where I sat down and like fucking cried, you know, because I couldn't do something. Right. Reach out to me and DM me, you know, I'm on Instagram, uh, world's okayest athlete, you know, like (laughs) I'm I'm nobody special, man. Like I'm, you know, if you feel like you want to reach out, man, and and ask me about something or whatever, like, you know, tell me like, Hey man, like you suck. Like, cool. (laughs) Let's hope no one says that. Yeah. Yeah. I hope not. Like, I just want to be the, you know, the, the the suckiest guy that you know, you know, like Mm -hmm. let me know better ways that I can be horrible. And like, I'll, I'll be the best at it, you know? That's but, too funny. Yeah. 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 You know, honestly, so, you know, that's kind of me, man. And then, you know, thank you again for having me on. Um, you know, like I said, I love Barbell Voodoo. You guys are, you know, all the stuff that you guys put out is, you know, it's awesome. You know, <laughs> well, I, love it. I love it all. I love it all, man. And, you know, like my wife kind of periodically puts me on t shirt restriction. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Sneak shit into the house. And then, like, today, as a matter of fact, right, right before I came in here to do this in my office, she goes, Are those new shoes? Don't think oh, I didn't no. see. I got, I got nanos and this new nano nines. And I was like, no, 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 no. In my defense, I go, no, I bought these like months ago. Yeah. I go, I just only wear them to like to CrossFit in, you know? So they're, they're still pretty clean you know, for the most part. You know, I happened to have them on you know, today and she was like, oh, okay. Oh, these aren't new. Nah, nah. You know, so I kind of, you know, I got to sneak stuff into the house sometimes, but whatever, it's fine. I understand that. I do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, well, Chris, man, I appreciate your time and for being on the podcast. And I think, you know, people are going to love it. And uh, I can't wait to hear uh, some feedback. Hopefully we'll get some, uh, some people being empowered and feel like they can reach out and actually talk to someone about, you know, overcoming something and, and maybe some crazy people that actually want to run a marathon after hearing this. I mean, that's yeah. ludicrous, but I mean, maybe, I don't know. Yeah. You know, and listen, I still have the program, you know what I mean? So like, if you want to, you know, I'm more than willing to share like the strength program stuff that I did with you. I'm more than willing to, you know, to share like my nutrition plan. I'll share my, you know, all the macros with it. I'll, you know, I'll share the, the mileage that I had to put in and, you know, and all that, you know, ugly stuff. Like, you know, <laughs> here, man, I, you know, I'm here for you. I'll, yeah. I'll be more than happy to share it with you. I mean, it's, it's no secret because honestly, like now, like I was outside looking in on all this stuff and now like I consider myself an insider you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. like, but I had to go through a lot to become an insider for, you know, sure. to like how this stuff works, you know what I mean? So like, I didn't know where to start, you know what I mean? So like, if you're thinking about something like this, you're considering a marathon or, or, or even a half marathon or whatever, in a 5k, like something, like if you want some advice, I'll tell you like what I did, you know, all the mistakes that I made, I'll be happy to share those with you because that list is long. So, mm. um, you know, reach out, man, you know, and I will, I'll be happy to send you the info, the same stuff that I used, or I'll give you some advice, tips, tricks, you know, whatever. 
um, you know, tell you about, you know, what little Debbie's that are like the best to eat. <laughs> and always think about yeah. him when you have cinnamon toast crunch. Absolutely. 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 So <laughs> All right, right, man, thank you again, man, for having me on. And, uh, it was, man, it was, it's an honor. And like I said, I'm a huge fan of you guys and, uh, you're no doubt will still keep getting more money of mine. Um, <laughs> anytime awesome. stuff comes out, right. So that's, that's an added bonus. Awesome. All right. Well, I appreciate you, man. I'll talk to you All later. Right. Thanks, brother. Have a good night. All right. Hey, thanks for listening to the Barbell Voodoo Podcast. On your way out, please take time to subscribe if you haven't already. Leave us a five-star review if you've liked what you've heard. And also, leave us a comment. Let us know what's going on with you. If you don't mind, stop on Instagram. Give us a little like on the IG at Barbell Voodoo Podcast. Also, you can find me there at fitby40.blog. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.